Hey, welcome to the 338th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony. This is a podcast about random things in a world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are huge supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional... 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Uh, I recently talked about the 2010 Percy Jackson movie. I was like an hour long plus bonus episode. Um, currently, I, I've been looking at what if comics from 1976. And those tend to be a little longer as well. So it's usually 30 minutes, but it's been creeping up closer to an hour. So you get extra, extra content. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two or three. ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. All right, what's going to be on this episode? Uh, be totally honest, not a whole lot. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be, the movie feature is Madam Web, which um, so it's probably a bit to say about that, so we'll see. Uh, I'm going to do a couple more episodes of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, only two, and uh, I'm, there's really nothing else to talk about. I haven't watched anything else. There's has been Hotel, that animated show, which I, I'm I'm interested in it. I, I you know I can't say, oh man, this is like my new favorite show or new favorite animated show or anything like that. But the thing is, uh, I'm only going to talk about one episode of that, even though there's there's nothing else. So so here's here's the full disclosure, man. Uh, I think. I've been hit by allergies because, you know, in California, it, it's things are just wacky. You know, this didn't happen to me before. And it, I've been in California for a while and it didn't always happen until recently. But with it's been raining a lot. So I don't know if that's causing the change in allergies. I don't remember when it normally happens. But every it seems like every year I get hit by like the sore, scratchy throat. And I'm like the biggest wuss when that happens. I just get so miserable. It just it sucks. And, and, you know, thankfully, you know, I, I don't get sick that often. So I think it just all kind of builds up with that. I just, I'm so incredibly miserable when I have the sore throat and I'm just like eating like, uh, or sucking on like a cough drops, like all day, like the halls, full on mental lip, whatever that's called. And, and it's just, it's, it's been bad and it's just, it's draining. And then even like one day I, I had this random like runny nose and it wasn't like a normal runny nose. It was like kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, it's, it just congested. So it's like, I don't think I was sick, but it was like weird cause the runny nose kind of went away. And so anyways, uh, with the recording of the podcast, you know, I mentioned sometimes I'll record a section early. Like, you know, if I have the time, it's like, oh, I can squeeze in, I can talk about this show now and just edit it together. And, you know, full disclosure, I don't always sit for three hours plus in, in one sitting and, and do that you know, do, do the show. I'm going to try to do that this week. Uh, so I just haven't even been able to, you know, the, the times I just been at no energy and then other stuff going on. Normally I have the podcast. I try to shoot for having the podcast finished, recorded, um, by Friday night, you know, ha have everything recorded. Then Saturday I can, you know, try to edit it, get it all ready. And then Sunday, just, you know, the last minute cleanup and, you know, timing codes, whatever, and then post it. it, it that didn't happen this week. Uh, you know, part of it is helping sister-in-law move and just like other stuff. And so it's just been crazy, even though 
I haven't had that much to watch. And I even watched the, the movie this week on, on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day. And uh, I'm, I still feel like I was so, so behind. And even on Friday, I, I didn't do the awesome art picks I normally do on entertainmentfish.com. So it's, it's, it's been crazy. And now, <laughs> I don't know if you caught it at the beginning, I just, I'm so out of breath, like so easily. I'm like, what is going on? So that's going to be uh, the show this week. So it might, like I said, it might be a, a little shorter, but I, you know, absolutely not going to miss an episode. You know, just the show has to go on. So let's, um, let's get started because this is like the longest intro ever. There's a, a bit of, of news to talk about, which is, is nice because, you know, it sometimes feels like we don't have a lot. First thing is uh, last weekend, yeah, was uh, the Super Bowl. And we got a Deadpool trailer. It was a little weird when it happened because you watch the trailer, then it's like full trailer online. I'm like, are you serious? So I had to like pause the game because you know it's on on the we got the DVR or whatever going. You had to go and watch it, and then I mean it was amazing. And then you know flip back to the TV and try to catch up and all that. So we we finally get a trailer, and it was weird because I I don't know I'm I'm assuming it was announced that it was going to happen because some people were talking about it. And I'm like, are you just being hopeful? So maybe they announced that it was it was happening. So it it was it was good. It's and it's it's fun, and exciting, and I I don't attribute it to you know some people who say oh it's because it's R rated and it can get raw or whatever. I, I really feel it's because of Ryan Reynolds. And I, you know, I don't think it's even because it's Deadpool. Because you look at Deadpool, and Deadpool doesn't even have a comic right now. His last one ended. I really don't feel it's because Deadpool is such an amazing character. I feel it's because Ryan Reynolds makes the character so much fun. If you look at <laughs> the way Deadpool is in the movies and the way Deadpool was when he first started, I mean, it's not even similar. And even like the way the way Deadpool is now in the comics, I, I find him more annoying than in the movie. You know, he can be a little annoying in the movie, but it's just you know that's part of his charm in a way. That's just part of Ryan Reynolds. You know, Ryan Reynolds really makes the character. I, I feel so. We have Ryan Reynolds, and we have you know Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And obviously, there's gonna be other people, and and the only thing I, I mean, I'll, I guess what I'll comment as we comment on is we have the TVA in there. Which, okay, that makes sense if you're talking about multiverse or timelines and, you know, sacred timeline, this or that or whatever. Because, you know, like, how are they going to bring Deadpool over? That's the big question. And, you know, that's the big excitement for me. But it's it's kind of a, I don't, I mean, I'm sure I would imagine they're going to explain it. But it's like, it's not the TVA that we, we've known. It would have been off. And hopefully they will get someone from the Loki show. Because, what the dude that he talks to it's no one that we've seen and obviously the tva is a huge organization so it's not like there's only four people working there so it, it hopefully they, they can get some sort of cameo from someone and from the loki from loki season one or two mostly season two i guess so that that seems like a, a lot of fun that you know we we have that uh, another sort of sort of related, not really, is we had an X Men '97 trailer. So Disney Plus is bringing. Obviously, I'm out of breath. Disney Plus is bringing the animated series back, and that's just crazy. Uh, I, you know, I definitely need to go watch the last episode because I don't remember how how it is, the show ended. You can watch the trailer. 
I think they even said, you know, watch this season series finale on Disney Plus or whatever. So we have that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how it is because I know a lot of people love the show. I really enjoyed it, but there, there are certain things that I didn't really like. I, I felt like sometimes the character designs or the, not necessarily the art style, but sometimes they, they, they were a little off or a little, I don't know, maybe a little lacking or I, I don't really know. And then there's, there's like some uh, story choices that they did. And obviously they had to adapt things differently, you know, for the sake of a cartoon, you know, you don't have the, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever years of, of history that they can, can use. Cause I, I still remember, and I could be totally wrong cause I haven't watched it since back then. But like when cable was introduced, it it seemed kind of weird because you know that you you have cable and there's no mention of you know Gina Scott. There was no I don't even think there was a Madeline Pryor. Was she ever introduced in, in the series? I don't think so. Could be wrong. No, she no. I'm sure she wasn't because you know we have the Dark Phoenix saga later. I think that was like season four. But when we had Cable show up, it's like there, there's no mention of who he was. And, and it makes sense because you can't, it, it just, there's too much background to, to fill in there. So I, we'll, we'll see. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it to come back and I'm glad that they're doing it. You know, they could have just easily like, oh, let's just make, you know, another X-Men cartoon. But the, the fact that they're going back and, and, you know, doing what people just love and cherish and, you know, getting, I'm pretty sure they got the voice actors. Like, I don't know if they got all the voice actors, but hopefully they, they got everyone. So that's going to be cool. That's going to be on March 20th on Disney plus. So for all those people saying, Oh, there's nothing on Disney plus. It's all garbage or whatever. It's like, just be quiet and watch X-Men. And if, if what you could do is go back and watch all the old episodes while, while you're waiting because uh, there's a, a lot of them <laughs> there's also a trailer for invincible season two part two that is returning on march 14th so there's all the shows coming up because like i said there's nothing this week uh in the trailer there's a lot going on yeah obviously mark is still off planet but you know he's going to come back and there's a lot of fighting and there's some new bad guys that i think we haven't seen before on, on the show and just a lot of a lot of craziness so that that's gonna be fun to watch as, as well uh umbrella academy is coming back. like right now i it, it's weird because i really enjoy the show and you know when i'm watching it I'm, I'm digging it but like right now i'm like okay yeah it's coming back cool and and maybe i think part of it is because it's the last season so that's kind of a bummer but it's like i'm not super excited about it but and and also because things get a little little like downer so I can't imagine how they're going to wrap this up because, you know, I don't think I, I'm pretty sure I haven't read like all, all the series. So I don't even know if, if there's like a, a way, what, the, if they're adapting from the comics with this season. So we'll find out that is going to come out on August 8th, 2024. Some stuff to look forward to. Oh, other big news, which I, you know, debating if I should start with this, but I'm trying to go sort of somewhat chronological. Fantastic Four. The cast is, is finally announced, you know, what, what we suspected a lot, but they re release an image. And as, as we know, we have uh, Pedro Pascal as, as Reed Richards and we have Vanessa Kirby. So these are all, you know, the, they were rumored for, for quite a bit now. So Vanessa Kirby is going to be Sue Richards Storms, or I don't forget what she's going by. We have Joseph Quinn, Quinn something, Quinn, Quinn is Johnny. 
is it just Quinn? That's a seam right. And uh, Ethan Moses Bronach as Ben. Now, the question is, yeah, there's just some speculation as to, and of course, there's so much speculation, you know, because everyone's saying this. Everyone's, everyone makes assumptions. They make comments like they're fact, and it's 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 kind of ridiculous. And I know that's part of the internet. That's part of you know being excited, being a fan. But just the way people talk sometimes, it's like they, they feel like they know everything. They're like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. It's going to be like this. It's like, how do you know? We know absolutely nothing. All we've seen is like one like image one like kind of cartoonish image and and there's there's nothing to to derive from that but some people are speculating that it's going to take place in the past because in that image we have the thing he's reading a life magazine and it's an actual life magazine the the, the cover you can see it, it, it someone's tracked it down it's from december 1963 so some people are like oh it's going to be set in the 60s and if you look at what's interesting, I, I thought was the, the Marvel Studios logo, because when you look at that at first, I thought it, it, I thought it was like a Funko. You know, I thought, oh, Funko is planning on doing more Fantastic Four figures for the movie. And, you know, now that we got this confirmed, they're announcing something. But it apparently not because, you know, it was at the poster. It had nothing to do with Funko. And it's, it's a little retro. The, the the design of it so you know maybe that that's helping people assume that it, it's taking place then too yeah but the, the thing is if it takes place in the 60s that kind of doesn't make sense that there's been no mention of it in at, at all that like oh yeah there used to be a, a superhero group because like when avengers started you know there was no avengers teams there there, there was there's like no real superheroes you know you had shield and maybe you had ant-man and wasp working in shields but they were like super then you know i don't even know if they call them super powered you know whatever but they were government e agents so they were like working top secret it's not like they were you know working in the you know having media you know blaster image all over the place but if you had a, a team it just seemed weird and why would you set something in the past unless you're gonna have a very limited franchise where you know you're not going to have fantastic four interact with you know sam wilson or or whatever you know and unless there's some sort of time thing and they get shunted to the future and they're in a present day there and that's the thing there's there's no way of knowing anything because we know nothing and and to say this or that is just kind of ridiculous apparently Dr. Doom is not going to be the bad guy. And it, it, I don't even know how factual this is, but I, I saw someone saying that, you know, no, he's not even going to be in there because, you know, people are speculating this or that. But I also saw that Ben Mend, I think it was Ben Mendelsohn said that he really wants to play Dr. Doom. So that when he, when I saw that, I didn't even like click the article. I was like, well, the movies, you know, they have the cast, the main cast. They probably already have a script or a story if there is a Doctor Doom, they probably have already started auditions at least. If 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 they already have the Fantastic for the main cast, so I was like, why is this this guy saying he wants to be Doctor Doom? When if they they probably already have a Doctor Doom, but maybe they don't. And then there's all the people saying that you know Doctor Doom is going to be the new main bad guy because you know King the Conqueror is, is no longer going to be in the Marvel universe since you know Jonathan Major apparently is no longer going to be 
in the Marvel Universe. Who knows? Like I, I keep saying, we we know nothing, so we'll have to see. But it's 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 really exciting. I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with, with Fantastic Four. Because of Fantastic Four, I, I don't know if the, how related this is, but the Thunderbolts movie is actually going to open two months earlier now. So that's that's good. It's going to be released. Uh, it, it was supposed to be released on June twenty fifth, twenty twenty five, but now it's going to come out on May second, twenty twenty five. And then Fantastic Four is going to open in July, July 25th, 2025. We have some time to wait. We'll see how that goes. And then, oh, speaking of Marvel, <laughs> sort of, Frank Griot, he was a Crossbones in, in a Captain America Winter Soldier, right? And he, wait, no, was he, wasn't he in something else? And was he in an adventure? He was a Winter Soldier, and maybe he was in Endgame or something like that. And he they didn't do much with him. And he, so now that he's going to be in a Creature Commando, he's voicing it. He's playing Rick Flagg Senior, I think. And he's he's commented on Marvel, and he said that like Marvel blew it. And I, I think he, he this was in reference to it. they didn't really do much with him, which is character. They didn't really flesh things out or, or put him to use or something like that. So is he saying they blew it because they could have had the opportunity to flesh out this amazing character, Crossbones a dork, and had this amazing actor, Frank Griot, who mm, I don't know what they blew, but... Yo, you blew it, Marvel. Just shut down. No more movies because you don't have Frank Grillo. You killed him off or something. Uh, Star Wars The Acolyte. So I don't really know much about this. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be in, uh, apparently it's coming out this summer. So it's a Disney Plus Star Wars show. And it's taking place at the end of the High Republic, which is about like 100 years before Phantom Menace, before episode one. Which apparently is coming back in theaters for the anniversary. Is it like thirty years or some some crazy? No, it can't be thirty years. It's something. Maybe it's thirty years. I don't know. So Star Wars: The Acolyte, and the thing with, with that is, I think it was last year at Star Wars Celebration they showed the trailer, and the trailer has never been online. I don't. I don't think there's been any leaks. If there's leaks, they probably were immediately taken down before I heard. And I don't want to watch leaks because they're usually like crap quality. But I haven't seen anything about this, so I really don't know what to expect about this. And I'm always a little hesitant. You know, I know a lot of people like the old Republic stuff. I just, I've never played the games. I don't really know much about it. I've read a couple, I know there's a couple comics or one comic series. So, uh or maybe I'm thinking, was it the old Republic? Is that what they're calling this? Whatever. So we'll see. But for me, it kind of makes me feel like, like, oh, is this like the old-timey stuff that I don't like? And it, it's a different thing because if you do old-timey Star Wars, I mean, it's all old-timey because it's a long time ago, right? Galaxy far, far away. We'll see. I really don't know. Uh, let's see. And then there is some comic news, I think. I think that's all the regular news is uh, Marvel and DC are re-releasing the, the the crossover books, the crossover issues. So there's going to be a Marvel versus DC omnibus, and then there's going to be the Amalgam Age omnibus. So it just was come out in August. And 
that's cool everything i i don't think i'm gonna like start saving to buy them myself it would be cool to have but you know these, these omnibuses are expensive but what like the cool thing about it is the, the fact that they're putting these out because as everyone knows marvel and dc just don't really get along for whatever reason it's crazy that we had all these crossovers at the time you know when we had the marvel versus dc and when they I think that was the one. Didn't they put it the votes where fans got to choose who won between the, the different characters? And, uh, you know, no, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel supposed thing where, you know, ne neither actor wants to take more licks than the other. And I'm sure Marvel and DC, you know, if you're going to have Hulk versus Superman, you don't want your, your character to get squashed by the others. And, you know, I would hope that if you're going to do some pairing that you would talk and be like, okay, realistically, your character is a little stronger than ours. But we'll see. So something for you to look forward to. If you want, if you get an extra copy, you can always, you know, send it my way. <laughs> that, that'll be fine. Uh, so Thundercats. So Thundercat, I talked about Thundercats number one last week, right? I feel like I can't keep track of it. But apparently, I mean, unless I read something wrong... I think I thought I, I read it was Thundercats 2, issue 2, the next issue, is introducing a new character called Calica. So it's a female character, and she's going to be found in the wreckage of the mutant ship. She was a prisoner there, which makes sense, because, you know, that that's what I, I think I mentioned that last week when I talked about it that you know you have you're just so limited and if there's only one cat one ship of thundercats that really limits what's going on and they're saying that maybe this character could be a love interest for lionel because like do we really need love but i guess you know we do <laughs> but the, the characters this, we'll see and uh the other thing i i think part of the reason which which makes sense and you know i'm sure some people are going to complain about it but why another female character because we only have two female characters we have wiley kit cat which one's a female i don't even know wiley kit and wiley cat i think wiley cat is a girl and then we have tigra but or not tiger chitara but you know i always wonder if chitara and, and tigra were you know getting it on we'll, we'll see even though a tiger and a cheetah would they get it on you know the different subspecies or brand, i don't even know different brands we'll see then oh i forgot to mention <laughs> shocking news big news that's not todd phillips he uh shared some joker and harley images from joker duh whatever that's called and i i just i really do not care i am i yeah I have no interest. I'm going to watch it, obviously, but I have. I am so not excited for for this this movie. I don't know why. I enjoyed the first one. I thought they did a good job. I didn't. I didn't it was a good movie. I didn't love it as a Joker movie, but it was interesting what they did. We'll see. And I I don't know. You know, you keep hearing that this is a musical. It's like how how much of it? What does that really mean? And, and obviously, if you have Lady Gaga, who can absolutely sing, <laughs> Harley doesn't sing. What are they doing? I don't know. Uh, some cool news, then, going back to comics. And I think 
this is actually the last bit of news. I could be totally wrong, but the, I'm, I guess we're going to end it with this. Is there is going to be Space Ghost comic. Space Ghost Dynamite Entertainment. Dynamite. I, so Nick Berucci, president of, of, of Dynamite Comics. He must be like this magic negotiator sometimes, because you know the the rights that they have, the, or the license that they 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 get, because you know they they still I'm I'm assuming they still have uh, like you know Lone Ranger and uh, uh, Green Hornet and Conan. They got Conan. They got Red. So do they have Conan, or does Marvel still have Conan? But they got Red Sonia for sure, and you know now they got Thundercats, and. They have to have other stuff, right? Vamp Vampira, Vampirella, not Vampira, Vampirella. So, you know, they, they got a bit bit of, you know, they, they always have like these old characters, classic characters. But now they're getting Space Ghost. It's like, wow. It's like, where the heck has Space Ghost been all the time? Because there was that DC comic, Space Ghost, that, that Alex Ross did the covers. And I absolutely loved that comic. I thought it was so cool because they actually gave Space Ghost like an origin, you know, you, you see, like, before he went out on the ship with Zan and Jaina. No, not Zan. That's that's a, that's a Wonder Twins. What are the kids' names in Space Ghost? But anyways, I'm really excited. I would hope that this new Space Ghost comic will respect that origin established, because I don't know if that's canon now or if that's just going to be wiped out. But it's uh, going to be written by David Pepos, who is doing the current punisher the new this new punisher comic and you know he's he's done other stuff it's the art is gonna be by jonathan lau who has done a lot of dynamite comics i, I thought i thought he did green hornet at one time and he's doing some other stuff but this is supposed to come out in may 2024 i'm super duper excited and i have high hopes i have high expectations for <laughs> david if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> don't mess it up because i i love space ghost and i know you know most people probably know space ghost from space ghost ghost coast to coast and i see i didn't love that show i i didn't even watch it even though i, I started watching it because it was on on hbo max but he's just too much of like a, a buffoon on, on that that show and there's there's something about the original ones and i, I don't know i just there's just always been something about the character that I've loved. You know, my brother and I, we, we just absolutely were crazy about the character. At least I was. So we'll see. And we'll see what else is going to come up because that is comics for the week. All right. With comic books at Image Comics. So uh, it's kind of a problem here is, um, you know, I always use previews to remind myself like what came out what i read and so forth and if there's something like you know what is the official solicit and everything last week uh i don't know if they're like their privacy certificate or whatever went offline because then it's like i couldn't even access the site so now i'm trying to look at because uh the cab cabinet number one came out and i'm trying to see like what is the actual synopsis because but it it's given me an error maybe it's just that comic because uh it looks like something other stuff is working but I, I have the issue. I haven't. It's by David Ebeltoft. No, that's a writer story. Writer, letter designer Jordan Hart, and then Chiara Raimondi is a penciler, inkler, and colorist. Because I really don't know what this comic's about. I didn't read it. 
uh, on the cover we have a, a dude in kind of like a letterman's jacket with like a, a big monkey wrench and then he's with this you know girl with a long scarf and the the art and color looks looks really nice it's really appealing in a way you know when you, when you look at that i don't really like i said i don't know what, what's what's going on but it's something that i'm probably will check out at some point because I'm, I'm curious to see what this is hopefully it's, it's something cool and, and fun but like i said unfortunately i can't say anything so if you know if you you've read it you could let me know there is a deviant number four this is a it's just it continues to be kind of like creepy disturbing we have the writer dude you know he's interviewing this guy who's been locked up for for years as like a serial killer you know he claims he didn't do it which you know maybe we'll find out if he did or not like what's what's the deal but you know he's trying to get more information on him and he's also kind of like self-reflecting on, on about himself now part of the thing is so that this writer guy he's gay he has a boyfriend and uh the guy locked up is gay so you know a lot of people thought like oh he's gay he's a deviant so he must have killed all these people and part of the problem is you know this was around christmas time when you know he was caught or when he was framed or accused but you know he was working at a department store i think he was working as santa and like he had a picture of a couple you know like high school kids that were you know high school boys that were working as elves and, and that so I think I'm trying to remember, but so my, just keep in mind, I'm, I'm so out of it because of all this allergy stuff. That's my excuse, but they, they, they were killed. The boys were killed and because he had the picture of them, you know, so he, that's why he was arrested and convicted and everything like that. But he was just a, a, a dude who thought that they were cute and yeah, it's, an, it's super inappropriate underage and all that stuff. But then I don't know how old he was. I'm assuming he was a, he was an adult at the, at the time. Obviously, he's convicted. But you know, he's because he was gay. They're like he's a deviant, deviant. So he's a killer. You know, he's whatever, and he's been locked up. And he's you know trying to tell his story to this writer guy, kid, and uh, it's just kind of interesting as it like kind of flip flops back and forth between the time period. So. We have all that. So, um, and it's, it's James Tynan. So, you know, it, that, that means it's, it's good stuff. There is also a comic called Dutch. Okay. So it looks like I can get the synopsis for this. This is by Joe Casey. And, um, I don't read a lot of Joe Casey comics, uh, Joe Casey and Simon, uh, gain miniseries premiere, the legendary nineties super soldier returns for an all new adventure. Okay, I don't, am I, do I, should I know who this is? I don't know who, you know, I was gonna read this. I, I didn't get it, get around to it. I don't know why he didn't do anything. Uh, it says, an enemy from the past has forced Dutch back into the belly of the beast, but will his former teammates welcome him back? Or will a cybernetic kill team get to him first? It's balls to walls action from the team of Casey and Gain. Plus, an exclusive variant cover by legendary Dutch creator Chap Yayip. Okay, so, yeah, Dutch is a pre-existing character, which I just, I'm oblivious. I, I'm, I'm, you know, knucklehead Tony doesn't know who he is. Uh, so, it's, it's, it's this old dude, you know, he's got this weird cybernetic arm. Yeah, he kind of looks like Cable a little bit, but I'm sure that's just coincidental. And his arm is a lot 
more it's it's not as slick as cable or winter soldier's arm but yeah i i'm i'm curious to to read that so that's another one maybe hopefully i'll i'll get around to checking that out um then we had i hate fairyland issue 11 i i, I didn't love this issue i feel like not a whole lot happened here and i mean the main thing is Gert, you know, is, is trying to escape from Fairyland again, and I, I still, I'm still kind of baffled and shocked by what they did with old Gert, with her older version, older self. But she figured, found a way out with through Duncan, who is like an adult. The Duncan was a little boy. It was like in a dragon onesie. But then Claudia, the whatever evil queen basically tricked you know used the, the escape um the, the duncan's key to escape fairyland so this issue is mainly about like what's happening to claudia and it's a kind of brutal in a way when she's in the real world but that that's basically it so you know gertz in fairyland doing stuff and it's somehow you know, they're, they're getting reports on what's happening to her. So I was like, how are they so in tune to where are they getting these reports from? You have all that. And then the other thing that I don't really understand the point of it, but there was like a, a Taylor Swift, Travis Kels ongoing reference almost. You know, the first time you, you see the two like on, on the side of a bus, it's supposed to be like a musical or something like that. I was like, oh, haha, okay. Yeah, you, you got that. But then it, it, it continues and it continues and, and yeah, it's kind of really poking fun at them, which, you know, as a Taylor fan, I didn't really like that so much. Well, but I, I'm, you know, when you look at like the Mad Magazine with the two, I, I, I thought that was that was funny. You know, I, I can appreciate that. But this just, just I didn't find this this funny. It was just, and it, it just felt like, oh, they're all over the place, so let's put them in, in the comic, sort of, which ha- adds absolutely nothing to the story. So it just seemed like using up comic space and panels. That's just my thoughts. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm really curious what's going to happen with Claudia. 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 Cloud. Cloud. Claudia. Because she's that's with the clouds. Whatever. So we have all that. Um, the Infernals number one. So Infernals number one. Uh, when I looked at this cover, I was like, hmm, okay, what, what, what's this about? Actually, uh, speaking of that, let's see what the actual synopsis is. Um, I will say, I, I started reading it. I got about like a third away. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Or, or, or I don't know if this is for me. Uh, it's by Ryan Parrott, Noah Gardner, um, and John Pearson. Series premiere, Abraham Abe Morgenstern, The Son of Satan has one month to live. Okay, so there, you know, it's kind of interesting. Very, and it's a little, little somewhat, not necessarily that close, but with Hasbin Hotel, has, has to do with Satan's daughter, or whatever, or Lucifer's daughter. Um, but totally different. You know, I'm not, not saying there's any connection between or similarities. Before he dies, he must decide which of his three wayward children, volatile narcissist Nero, conflicted field operative Jackal, or troubled schoolgirl B, her name's really baffled me, will inherit his shadowy empire. But will Abe ever be able to truly cede control of the apocalypse? Or does the Antichrist have something else up his sleeve? 
Um, yeah, so it was, it was okay. I, I, I did come back and, and read the rest of it. So, I don't know. I mean, so it's interesting. You have this guy, he's Satan's son, but he has, you know, he's like, where, where has he been? Whatever. He hasn't, I haven't heard from him or anything. And, and the fact that it mentioned here, he's dying of, of, yeah, he has one month to live because he's dying of cancer. So it's like, you would think, well, as a son of Satan, aren't you maybe kind of immune to that? Or isn't there some way you can get around that? You know, maybe Satan doesn't have the power, but no, because the devil always makes crazy deals. You know, sell your soul, and but I would think, but there's like nothing helping this guy. Maybe he's gonna somehow beat it. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I'm I'm curious to see. You know, well, if if I if I get it, if I remember when the next issue comes out, uh, I'll check it out. And, uh, oh, see, I always forget to read the, the Skybound books. Uh, Transformer issue five came out. I don't, you know, I don't even know if I've been keeping up with that because I, I feel like I keep missing, keep forgetting those. And I don't know if I've read issue four. I need to get caught up on, on Transformers because I'm, I'm really curious to see, like, this, this direction where it's going. So I guess I can't talk about that. At Marvel... All right, so here's here's a problem. When an issue of Amazing Spider-Man comes out, I usually read it first. One, because it's usually like the first in the alphabet. And two, because I really love Spider-Man, even though I do not really love this current volume of, of Spider-Man. I haven't been super crazy since they renamed this, you know, Spider-Man number one and then, you know, the, all, all the crap they've been throwing at, at Spider-Man. The Gang War stuff, while I haven't been really super excited about seeing all these lame villains fight each other for control over New York. It just seems kind of silly, but at least Spider-Man has been maybe, you know, I guess written a little better, even though he, all he's doing is like trying to team up with other people and, and fight, you know, trying to maintain peace and protect people. And so we, we have this ongoing stuff. So I always read read this. The problem is when I read you know the, the what's been kind of kind of cool with with the gang war comics, the, all the, the tie-ins, is they it always starts off like in a credits page where they give you a little recap of what's going on. But they show a map of New York and all the boroughs and all that stuff, and it shows you like the it's basically who's who own who's running what territory. So you can see Madame Mask is here, you know, Bleep Beetle's over here, and Hobgoblin has this territory, and, and, and so forth. But when you get to this gang war, it's like, wait, how, Hobgoblin's not even on the map. Like, what? when did that happen? Did I miss something? And and the, so that that was the thing. So, yeah, you're, spoiler, <laughs> you know, you have to read Miles Morales' Spider-Man first to, to see what happens. I Even though there is a checklist at the end of the issues... It that that didn't really help me because it's not like last week, it whatever you know gang war comic that may have come out. It's not like I'm going to look at the checklist to say okay, what should I read next? And even the checklist, they aren't necessarily in order. Not I don't think. It's just saying this is what comes out. I don't. Maybe they're they're kind of in order. So, I got a bit of a spoiler, I, I guess. And then, but when you get to Miles Morales, so you know we had. 
uh, Amazing Spider-Man 43, but at the beginning of Miles Morales, it says, this issue takes place before Amazing Spider-Man 42, even though 43 is now out. So it's like, come on, man. What I would have appreciated is if they numbered these. And I, I know they're always hesitant to do that because sometimes people feel forced, but I, I, I think... I think it kind of, well, and they're not, they don't have to be read sequentially, but I don't know what the answer is, but I, I feel like if they would have done that and cause it, it's not like a four sequential thing, but if you're going to have this checklist and if the checklist is accurate, why not just number them? So even though gangland daredevil, you know, one and gangland daredevil two may not necessarily, you know, those may go together, but I don't know. So, with uh, Amazing Spider-Man 43, we have, you know, the, the, the big battle, which is kind of silly, because it, it's uh, taking place in Central Park, but, you know, we so we have Daredevil, we have Miles, we have Spider-Woman, we have She-Hulk, and Tombstone are teaming up with Spider-Man to, to stop this, and <laughs> it, it's come down to Madame Mask and Beetle, Janice, Tombstone's daughter. You know, they, they have their forces and they're going to have this big rumble in Central Park. And it's just, it seems so silly. And they start fighting and it just goes from there. So we do get a conclusion. Uh, and it it makes sense in a way. It'll be interesting to see where, where it goes from here. There's going to be some definite repercussions. And it was, it was kind of a little cold what happened. Yeah, if if this if this is the final issue, thank you, because <laughs> uh, it's it's been it's been all right, I, I guess. So I don't know. Then there is a beware the planet of the apes. You know, the cover is like 20th Century Studios, and it's issue two. And the, the cover, who did the cover? But because when I look at the cover and I look at like the the first pages, I'm like, is this is this like a reprint? Uh, you know, they someone put out a Planet of the Apes comics, and then you know Marvel, since they have the rights now, they got the rights to the old comics, even though they didn't put them out. I was like, because you know, there, it's definitely tying into the old movies. I was like, oh, this is cool, but this is issue two. I'm like, how did I miss issue one? And, you know, why didn't I read that? And then you know, after like one, two, three, after like three pages, it goes into the art shifts a little bit, so it looks like it's. You know, but I think this was all new. So, yeah, actually, oh wait, no, no, no. Okay, it does say here excerpts from Adventures on the Planet of the Apes, written by Doug Monick and drawn by Alfredo Olaka. So they did. Okay, so those first few pages were from the old comic, but I need to, I need to read, because this is written by Mark Guggenheim with Alvaro Lopez doing the art. I need to check out the first issue because I don't know if I'm a little a little hesitant because the, the Planet of the Apes comics are just, it, it's almost like the sci-fi thing where sometimes the colors just don't seem right. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there was a Blade comic. I'm not reading that. So issue eight came out. Black Panther issue nine came out. Uh, Daredevil Black Armor. I just I haven't been crazy about this series. And just with the way I've been feeling this week and everything like that. So when I saw this, I was like, you know, I'm not even going to bother flipping through it. I, I just, I'm not even interested because it's, 
yeah, it's just, it hasn't been doing it for me. Uh, I don't know. And as I mentioned before, maybe because I wasn't really reading, surprisingly, shockingly, I wasn't reading Daredevil at that time, like during the Shadowland time. I think that's when this took place. I could be wrong. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, Gang War, Issue 3. Uh, the thing that bothers me about this is, so, so Shang-Chi is acting like you know, he's ahead of the, the five... The dead, not the ten ring, the dead, dead, whatever, not the deadly hands, because that's a comic. He's acting, you know, as he, the leader of this criminal, this evil organization. He's kind of inherited. He's kind of won it, and he's not evil. So he's he's trying to use this, you know, change things, trying to get it to be a good thing. But he has to give this image, you know, to appease the others and everything, because you know he's being challenged for control and for possession of, of the the ten rings. There was like a mystical barrier put around him; he couldn't even access them, and it's just all kind of ridiculous. And he's trying to protect Chinatown now, so he's saying, you know, it's under his control. So he's, you know, he's even gone to like the gang war, the gangland mobster meetings, and that because he's, you know, he's a bad guy supposedly so he's you know watch that's his territory he's like i don't care what you do just leave you know chinatown alone and uh i i guess the the thing that that gets me is the heroes when they're like oh shang chi you know he went to the meeting he's hanging out with the bad guys we got to put a stop to him it's like dude dudes you have so many there's so many other actual bad guys so here's a guy who you've worked with you fought alongside with has trained you in, in terms of spider-man that and maybe because you're so upset or bummed that he's now running a criminal empire so you're gonna go after him when hobgoblins like working with a. I don't remember her name now. Star, not Starling, whatever. The the girl that hates Miles Morales. He had all this other, you know, there's other people doing all this stuff. And you're going to go after Shang-Chi, who has done so much good. And all these other people are running around. And it's just, I, I, I find it so annoying, so absurd. Because didn't the Avengers do that too? Who They went after someone recently. Oh, who was it? It wasn't Moon Knight. Was it Moon? No. It's just whatever. So um, some things progress a little bit there with that with, with Shang Chi. So if, if you care about Shang Chi at all, you should read that. Uh, then we have Fall of the House of X issue two, and uh, I, I really dig that cover. So we have Polaris with the the nowhere the celestial skull head and they're going you know she's going after orcus and taking on their big space station and just basically kicking butt with her her massive magnetic powers and you know they're they're tearing the place apart and wolverine and colossus are are there you know doing their part from their mission and i think it was polaris she's like i just where's firestar i just want to kill her and everything because she betrayed everything and then they're like uh no she didn't (laughs) And there's also the fact that Cyclops is in Paris, you know, because he was on trial, which is so dumb. And, you know, they're about to kill him. And so there, there's a lot lot going on here. And uh, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, what Modak does. He's kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, nice working with you guys. Because I'm, I'm, he's working against them. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully this is coming to a c- conclusion soon, which I, I'm really excited for Gang War, Miles Morales, 
Spider-Man issue 16 and Miles versus Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin's he he's like such a joke the way he he's written here. And maybe he's just going crazy uh, but he should be he should be more formidable than he is here. It's just it's pathetic. Like you know, he puts up a, a good fight. It's not like Miles is mopping the floor with him, but it's like, come on, man. He's he's way better than this. Like what what is going on? What this just makes no sense. And then he's working with what's her name? You know, she's supposed to be making weapons. Shift. No, not shift. Shift uh Starling Shift. Uh Rabble. That's it. Rabble. Rabble Rabble. And this Rabble is the most absurd, one of the most absurd, ridiculous characters. So again, her deal is she was entered into the lottery to go to that academy school that Miles goes to. And she somehow she found out that she missed it by one. And Miles got in, but she didn't. So she's like, Miles, doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't care about it. He's not taking things seriously. I could have gone there and all this stuff like that. And because I lost, missed this opportunity and, and this, and I think something happened to her parents. She, she wasn't able to do something or whatever. But it's like, okay, you can make all this tech, all this gadgets and stuff like that. Make a patent, get a patent, sell the stuff, make some money. And you don't have to go to the school. What's the school teaching you when you can do all this other stuff? You could provide for yourself, provide for your family, do all this. But she's mad because Miles got in and she didn't. So she wants to kill him. And it's just ridiculous. And then you got that, um, what's her, that agent lady that's targeting Miles because of the anti-vigilante law. Even though there's everyone else operating and she's always going after Miles. Yeah. So... <laughs> oh, and then uh, while I'm I'm bagging on this, this series, Miles has such an attitude. You know, he's just such a punk, and uh, you know maybe it's because he's a teenage. He's supposed to be a teenager, but he's just like so arrogant. And you look at the difference between like Miles and Spider Man. You know, Spider Man. Some people say he's annoying because he's always cracking the jokes and do you know all that stuff. He does that to throw his enemies off balance and and probably to annoy them and also because you know there's a little bit of nervousness or whatever on, on his part you know all the stuff going on but miles is just, just like oh yeah i'm gonna do this and that he's like he, he thinks he's like king poop and uh i don't know okay then we had night thrasher number one i didn't love this it, it i mean it was a, a decent attempt and and you know maybe i think part of it is i i've never been like the biggest night thrasher fan you know i, I love the new warriors i was tempted to go back i think i mentioned it or at least i mentioned it on the secret podcast i was thinking of going back revisiting the series and you know covering that but i started reading the first issue at least and it felt very dated i know i'm assuming things must get better because i really enjoyed that comic night i think the problem with night thrasher is maybe is a little stereotypical, but you know he's always so angry, and you know his everything sucked. You know it's it's a bad it's a horrible world. So he's trying to make things better. He's trying to do the right thing. You know you got to admire the tenacity and everything. You know his will to just get his hands dirty. You know get out there and just try to stop people while just wearing armor and a skateboard, <laughs> using a skateboard, and I guess I haven't been keeping up with him because everyone thought he was dead during uh 
I guess he was supposed to have died before in, in Stamford when uh, they were going up against... Who was it that blew up? Someone blew up. And because the New Warriors were doing a reality show where they were just basically filming as they go out on their missions and whatever... And then the guy blew up. Oh, I almost had it. It was like the tip of my head. Nitro? Maybe it was Nitro. Was that his name? So Nitro blew up. Blew up a city. Blew up. A, it was right by a school. Uh, was it 300 people? Maybe it was more people died. And they blamed the New Warriors because they were filming this show. They confronted him and he blew everything up. So it's their fault. And apparently, Night Thrasher was to have died during the explosion. But then there was like one of those uh, contests of champions or, or something where he was apparently plucked out of the timeline and saved and then came back. But so everyone thinks he's dead. He comes back, and you know, we still have uh, Silhouette. I almost said Silk. Silhouette is still here. You know, she's been running the, the whatever foundation under his name and he's he comes back he's like i'm shutting this down and this and that he's what are you even doing and the art i I feel like the art was i don't know if the they were trying to channel some of the 80s or something but it just it it kind of didn't work for me as well i don't know yeah i wasn't super excited about what this but i wasn't ever really super excited about night thresher so we'll see. Oh, so you know he he starts going up against someone, which is it was it was a nice revelation. But then it's like, really, you two are gonna okay. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver number one. Uh, I I when I looked at this, I was like, I don't know about this. I started reading it, and I was like, yeah, I don't know about this either as I'm reading it. But then there's like a hook, so you know they they get this box. And it's it's only supposed to be open from them, so they man. It's supposed to be from Magneto. Magneto's currently dead, so this is supposed to be this thing or whatever. And there's a letter in there, and then Wanda's like, oh. and because at first Pietro's like, I don't care that guy. He's dead. He doesn't. I don't. He doesn't owe us anything, or I want nothing to do with him. And then she's like, Yeah, you can't see what this says. And then he's like, What? And then she burns the letter up. She whoosh, you know, makes a spell, makes it go up. And he's mad because you know he should know, even though he didn't want to know. But she's like, yeah, no, sh- you, you just you don't need to know, and it's like that. And so now I'm curious because we don't get to know either. <sighs> Dang it! It's like I don't because then the rest of the, the series was just like, eh. But yeah, so maybe next issue we will find out eventually. Uh, Spider Gwen Smash. This has been like a little hit or miss with me. So we have Gwen, you know, back in her home dimension. Uh, Mary, the Mary Janes were requested to go on tour with to open up for Dazzler and uh, her band with Lila Shenny's like playing keyboards, like not even the, the lead singer, you know, she's done her own thing. But you have like other people, whatever. And uh, basically, Dazzler has like a super stalker coming after her and, and you know so she kind of wanted the Mary Janes there so Gwen because you know everyone knows that Gwen is, is spider ghost ghost spider and there, there's like a Hulk that's after them and all this stuff and it's just 
it's it's been okay. You know, it's been better than some of the recent Spider Gwen comics, which just bugs me because I I just I feel I've been so let down. You know, I love this character so much, and I just have not been happy with the comics that we've been getting. But now. I don't know if this is a spoiler because it was like shocking. It was news to me. And I don't know if this is something that's, that's kind of obvious. But apparently, Mary Jane, the reason, you know, because she's always so angry with Gwen. She's just mad at her all the time. It's like, oh, you're late to practice. Or you're doing this. Uh, oh, no, you're going to go out and dress up as, as Ghost Spider to go save people instead of coming to band rehearsal. It's like, okay, well, what what is, what's more important? It's like, yeah, you're trying to get this band going and everything. But she's also has a responsibility to save and protect people so she's just always coming down on her and it's like why don't you just kick her out of the band if, if you have such an issue with her you know if she has such horrible attendance and blah 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 but apparently it's because mary jane has had feelings for gwen she had a crush on her or something like that it's like where did this come from so apparently in this world yeah that's that's the case and i don't know our this is like fan fiction it's like oh let's make Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane you know hop for each other and I don't know if that's the, the idea Darth Vader 43 this was okay uh, and you know we have this other group what are they called uh, they're uh, it doesn't say in the thing I just I don't know every time I re- read Darth Vader maybe I'm not reading it all the time but I always feel like like wait what's going on? then it's like it doesn't seem like much has been happening and I feel like they're sort of in a holding pattern because of the time period where it takes place you know because it's between Empire Return of Jedi I feel like they're just kind of limited as to what they they can't really do a whole lot we had the big droid war whatever thing so yeah we have that uh then there is superior spider-man issue four and it's it's more the same thing you know it's a doc ock you know he 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 remembered that he was superior spider-man he has spider-man you know he's like i'm gonna take your body again which is kind of kind of creepy and you know because they want to save uh anna um and he's kept this one super powered woman who was working for me you know, she gained these powers he's had her locked in this like sphere for all these years so she's mad at superior spider-man so she doesn't know that it was doc so she thinks spider-man is doc is superior spider-man and this whole thing but then you look at the cover it's like wait who's that on the cover is that uncle ben uh, so it's like was that really necessary i don't know then there's thunderbolts number three I couldn't get into this one. And I don't know, if you look at the cover, uh, Thunderbolts versus American Kaiju. Uh, it's like, are you serious? What? Um, I know we've seen this character before, right? And uh, it's just, as I'm reading this, I just, something wasn't working for me. And I just like, uh, you know, we have, U.S. agent in here, which okay, that could be interesting. You know, bring him in into the series. But uh, once we got to American Kaiju, I'm just like, mm, yeah. Then there's a uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight issue two. Obviously, I'm not super excited 
about this. The fact that Mark Spector is dead. You know, we have this new Moon Knight. Who's this new Moon Knight? He's dressed in black. He's breaking protocol. And the first issue, you know, was was a lot about them, like, oh, Mark's gone and dealing with this and everything like that. And then this new guy comes up and he goes to the midnight mission. He's like, this is my place. He's like, you all need to get out of here. And he's threatening them. And, you know, he's, you know we see them. He's fighting them and, and stuff. It's like, okay, who is this dude? Is there, this is going to be the mystery. You know, is it Mark Spector back from the dead somehow? And he's angry and doesn't maybe doesn't remember them or what? But at one point, because then the the other uh, Moon Knight dude, I forgot his name. He's like, oh, my brother is like, you know, I should see your face or something. And he's like, you're not you ready to see what's under here. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah. But then uh, there's also kind of a spotlight on Tigra. You know, she's seeing the 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 psychiatrist lady and talking about her, her past and that. And it's interesting. Tigra, for me, has always been kind of an interesting character. You know, it's, it's never been my favorite. I, I really do have a, a connection to her because of the West Coast Avengers. You know, I, I just really love that series and, you know, she was a big part of it. But it's 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 really, I, I'm really fascinated with how she's been used here and it wasn't really what I was expecting. Like, if you were to ask me before, like, oh, what what, what do you think about Tiger being in Moon Knight? I'd be like, mm. But I, I love the fact that they were on, on the team together. So, you know, they, they have that past connection and it's just kind of interesting how things progressed and that so we'll see where things are going to go uh and then there's a wolverine 43 saber tooth war part three whatever i was gonna start reading this but it's creed and logan together again so it looks like it's a i did i, I did not read this comic it's like i don't even know but it looks like it's a callback to their weapon x team x whatever days and i'm just like I don't, I, I, just, I don't care about Sabretooth, and I don't want to read a comic with him. I'm putting my foot down. I, I, I don't have the time or the patience. So if you love Sabretooth, <laughs> sorry. Uh, at DC, we had Batman 143. So Chip Zdarsky, Jorge Jimenez. I, I'm just having a hard time with this. Part of it because I'm so incredibly sick and tired of Joker. I don't hate him like I hate Carnage or Sabretooth or you know some of the others. I'm just so tired. It's like everything. Joker, 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 Joker. Ever since like even before Joker Wars, it's just like I'm so tired of Joker. It's like there are other villains. It's you know everyone would always you know pride on the fact or or whatever that Batman had such an amazing Rose Gallery. And it's like, all we get is Joker. And and I hate the fact that Joker knows Batman's identity when it was like so deeply rooted that he could not care or couldn't care less who Batman was. You know, he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that there was someone beneath the mask. Because for him, it was just Batman. That was his his gonna be his nemesis or whatever. He, if whoever was underneath the mask didn't matter, didn't register in his radar because that wasn't who he, he cared about. Yeah, they're the same person. But I just hate like when he's like, oh, Brucey, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that's so stupid. No. And then when he steals the Wayne fortune and this. So this, I, I don't even know what's going on with this series because it's kind of like a Joker year one. We're seeing when, you know, 
he after falling in the vat of acid the red hood gang and when he becomes joker and at first you know he's kind of like skittish and all that which makes sense because you know he the joker wasn't a joker back then and you know he wasn't as fearless as he is now or, or maybe he wasn't as insane as he is now but we see him kind of going through some training of a sort by someone who hates batman so that was kind of interesting but other than that i'm just having such a hard time with this and uh i i think there's some future stuff in here i don't even know i can't keep track of it another one i'm not crazy about is action comics uh 1062 this is bizarro so i love bizarro i think he's such a fascinating design of a character you know he's just it looks weird and everything but the fact that like everyone's been turning into bizarros and and they're just so angry <laughs> yeah I, i'm not not super excited about that green lantern issue eight <laughs> so <laughs> this is this makes me a little angry just a whole with the the st state of the green lantern court because now that they're part of you know the the, the guardians of, of the universe they like okay we're out of here see ya uh here's the keys of the green lantern Corps. united nations planets they're all yours we're gone and then they're like we're gonna do things different uh you know we're gonna quarantine earth because there's so many problems that come out of there too many powered people and too many problems and blah 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 and we're gonna reassign people and it's just like okay all right whatever and the way they're running things and some of the people we've seen that are green lantern corps are not worthy of, of being in the green lantern corps so it's just yeah uh, I, I don't know and uh it's just it's it's a, it's a little bothersome but it, it is interesting seeing hal jordan so he's got this new ring you know he didn't have a ring because there's no power battery or something happened with it and he was able to come up with a ring kind of make a ring unauthorized ring but he can't escape earth's atmosphere and then he's talking to uh, some what's his name and uh he's like well you know maybe it's it's in your head maybe you just don't want enough so he's like trying and trying and then these lantern people come and they're they don't even like know or care who hal jordan is so they, there's this big like beef with them and yeah so I'm, I'm i'm curious about what's going on but it's like come on okay then there's uh batman and robin number six and um yeah i i'm i'm enjoying this i'm intrigued you know i i I really like Damien. I find it kind of odd the the dynamic that's been going on with Bruce and, and Damien. You know, we have them working together, which is weird because they've never they haven't really done that before. So it's like what what has changed to make them willing to to be around each other because Damien just hasn't wanted to or whatever and Bruce is just trying so hard to, you know, be a father to him. And it, you know, it, it is kind of nice and refreshing in a way, but we also have like the, you know, regular Batman series where, you know, there's, there, there's absolutely no continuity between the, the two series. You know, they, they don't even acknowledge whatever, because you know, there's no sign of Damien and regular Batman. And I don't even know what's going on in detective comics, but it's, it's kind of nice seeing Damien, trying to go to high school and you know dealing dealing with all that and you know like what bruce says here at one point you know he's like 
I never really had all that. And I realized that I was kind of, you know, sort of trying to force that on you because I didn't have that. So I thought, you know, because I didn't have it, that maybe that's something you would want, but maybe it's not. And, and that, and then there's also a part where Bruce discovers Damien or, you know, he sees that his sketchbook in that, and then they start talking about, you know, Damien's got, you know, been doing this, this like comic strip or whatever. And they're going through that. And, it's again it's incredibly refreshing and nice that bruce is kind of like supporting him but it's almost like is he even capable of doing that and you know we know he cares about the robins and he cares about dick he cares about about tim you know in, in his way he cares about jason obviously but it just it doesn't seem like he's capable of showing that so it just i i feel like this is like almost a out of continuity book and if that was a case that's totally fine but oh and then we got the whole mystery like who is hush and uh there's stuff with uh victor's ass in here and then there's that kid at at damien's school like who's he what's his deal and yeah uh then we have the outsiders number four and <sighs> I'm, I'm assuming this is a mini series because like if this was an ongoing series i can't see it lasting i it's just you know as much as i love batwoman i just uh yeah I, and i don't know really what the deal is with this drummer character and then luke fox it's luke fox right yeah i just yeah i, I, don't, I don't i i just i don't see where this is going and maybe i'm missing the point wesley dies a sandman i didn't read this one i've been enjoying this um I just didn't read this this week's issue or this month's issue. Then there is Red Hood to Hill, number one. So I was a little confused with this. There apparently was a Red Hood the Hill issue zero that I missed. And this issue starts off, you know, it is a number one, so it should be new reader friendly. But we see a bunch of characters, and part of it, I'm like, wait, who are these characters? What's going on? So I don't know if there is something mentioned in the zero issue with like Jason kind of getting together teaming up with some people but you know we we do kind of it this does kind of start off in a in the past you know there's like a flashback to like right around joker war and so the, the the hill is like an area of gotham you know whatever and then it cuts to the present where we see okay uh <laughs> my memory card just got was full so i lost a little bit of audio so i think i was i was talking about uh red hood the hill so you know we had this flashback it's joker's war so i think i mentioned that and then it cuts to the, the present and we see jason kind of teaming up with these people and because I, I i don't know if i mentioned the hill is like a section of gotham city and they've kind of decided like after the way things were their their lives were kind of ruined and affected by you know joker war and all the other you know gangs like starting up trying to because you know it in the past there's a scene in the diner and these guys come in and they're just you know just terrorizing the place and and it, that's the thing that it's just so incredibly despicable or annoying where some people just feel like they're just entitled it's like oh we have guns we have weapons we have knives or whatever so we can just come in and do whatever we want and, and just take what we want from you and terrorize you and threaten you and kill you or whatever so somehow jason got hooked up with some people and you know he's moving into this new place and there's always just 
this inconsistency. It's like I, I feel like Jason is always bouncing around from one thing to the other. It's like, wh what is he doing and where is he going? At? And the whole stuff with the, uh, the not the Suicide Squad with the Task Force Z and that whole thing and and I it just it really really bothers me how like everyone knows that Jason Todd is Red Hood because that makes it so incredibly dangerous to Bruce Wayne because didn't is there any record of Bruce Wayne bringing in Jason Todd as another ward I mean maybe he didn't officially adopt him or take him on so was it on the DL I mean I, I don't know but maybe in that issue zero it might have explained why Jason now moving into the hill and in, in this building with like some of the other people and oh, so we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, it was so it was, it was a decent first issue. Just you know didn't like blow me away or anything like that. But I I really like Jason Todd and and Red Hood and just want to see like where he's gonna go. So I'll I'll, I'll keep reading it. Then um, <laughs> there was Sinister Sons number one. You know, we've been getting some backup stories with uh, this son of Sinestro. Is he really son of Sinestro? I mean, I think he is. He thinks he is. But So he, there's been backup stories with him in... Um, I forget if it was... I don't think it was in a regular Green Lantern. I don't know if it was the Green Lantern or if it was in the John Stewart Green Lantern. In one of them, maybe it was regular Green Lantern. So, But this is... It's it's like, okay, we got Peter Tomasi writing it. It's like, it's, it's got to be good, right? But we have this I, I don't remember the, the, the kid's name we have sinestro's son and then we also have general zod's son so we had that we have that general zod comic and and i question is this in current continuity you know, we have general zod is ursus alive or free like wh where is this going at i guess it is and apparently they just erased whatever the whole thing where uh, general zod's kid uh, chris kent or whatever they, his name was that clark and lois kind of adopted for a little bit so all that stuff didn't happen maybe new 52 or pre whatever so this is basically i i think this is kind of like a mirror of super sons because then this is sinister sons so you got these two kids who are they have evil parents in a sense and they hate their parents and they're kind of it's not necessarily that they're evil but I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't love this issue. Uh, could it be interesting? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. And uh, the, the last issue that, um, that I had to see here is uh, Speed Force, number four. I haven't been reading that. I did not love the first issue. Maybe it's gotten better. Uh, I forget if this was a miniseries or not, if I, if I, I saw that one, one of the issues. But I didn't even look at this one. So I can't speak to it. And um, I... I I like Wallace West, but I just I I just did not care for that that first one. And I'm really trying to draw out a line where if something doesn't work for me, you know, I I can't I can't just keep keep doing it. And uh, you know, I, I it's like I don't have the, the the time to to do that. But at the same point, it's like. Uh, it, it gets hard where I feel like it's like oh I should be reading that but we'll see so if you are if, if it's if I should be reading it if it's gotten better it's hard for me to not keep up with you know with a, a big character like that where I feel like I should be aware of what's going on but at the same time it's 
kind of not, not that it's making me miserable, but yeah. So that's that's comic book sort of week. Okay, then has been hotel. So I, I, like I said earlier, I think we're just gonna do issue issue. Oh, I'm so focused on it. We're only gonna do episode 103. I'm I'm still enjoying this. I I, I find the premise interesting. Where so if you didn't listen last week or whatever, the whole idea of this is we have Charlie Morningstar, who is Lucifer's daughter. And you know, we, we got the background story with Lucifer and with uh with Charlie's mom and you know all that you know she was around before Eve and then she got kicked out and then Lucifer met up with her and then they got banished to hell and so now we have them down there and uh, basically heaven is not happy with the overpopulation of hell so once a year they send out they do they send out like their killer angels to do like an extermination thing and where they just wipe out a bunch of demons or denizens of hell because they don't want to be outnumbered is what it comes down to. That's how kind of petty heaven is supposed to be in this cartoon universe. And what they decided is like, oh, you know, we, we decided we're going to do it like maybe every six months. So we just had an extermination. We're going to do another one. Now, Charlie Morningstar she is trying to make her way and, you know, sort of like impress her dad in, in a good way. But she's, even though she is Lucifer's daughter, she's a good person. And she's hoping that rather than have to exterminate the people of hell because there's so many, that maybe they can be redeemed. Because isn't that like a big thing about, you know, about having you can be redeemed or whatever for your sins and blah, blah, blah. So she has this hotel where, you know, she just really wants to get them on the right path. And, and then if they can be redeemed, then they can, I guess, go to heaven and just, you know, be on the right track and, and all that. And she's also, in, in a sense, kind of trying to, she figures that this is something that her mom would want. But she hasn't seen her mom in like seven years. Where is her mom at? She's doing something we, we don't know. So that, that's the basic idea. And then to mix things in with, with that, that premise of heaven versus hell and all that, and with the, the interesting, unique take on uh, the, the, the character designs and all that, we also have singing <laughs> in here. So it's, it's, it feels like, like a Disney cartoon or at, at times, you know, Disney princess movie, whatever you want to call it where they just like, everyone just breaks out into songs. And the, the songs are, I mean, they're nothing spectacular. It's not like it's going to win an Oscar. Like, didn't Beauty and the Beast win an Oscar, nominated, whatever. But but they're, whether they're generically made, but they're still big production, they feel like they're big productions. And, uh, yeah, so, so it, it makes it interesting where it's like some of the songs are just kind of basic, but it's capturing what the character is feeling or trying to convey at that point is just in terms of like a, a big song. So in episode 103, Scrambled Eggs, and this is this is why I want to like keep watching this. And and I, I know like all episodes are out and done and everything like that. And I just kind of missed it when it first started. So that's why I'm hesitant as to should I keep doing this. And the other thing is when I you know was looking at time and all this, 
you know, I was like, okay, I, I should do at least two episodes. That That's my goal. But then I'm kind of thinking, it was like, I don't know if people want to hear about two episodes. I don't know if people want to hear about one episode. So I was kind of hesitant to like, well, you know, because I was kind of short on time, I was like, okay, I feel like I, I can just do one episode. And that way, if people don't care, then they're not going to care if I just do one. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully you do care. So with uh, scrambled eggs at the hotel, they're putting up this big banner. It's like, happy first week, Serpentius. So Serpentius was a, a, a slithery demon character who had a beef with uh, um, Alistair, Alistair, who lives there. He was a, a demon as well. Alistair is like, uh, who are you? He doesn't remember him. And Serpentius like, we fought several times and stuff like that. So he was like trying to attack the city and where they're at and everything like that. And they basically kind of convinced him, you know, that maybe he should try to redeem himself. And some of the others are like, are you serious? He just tried, you know, destroying everything. So he's agreed to move into the hotel. But then he was actually spying on them for uh, Vox, the, the evil corporate siblings. And um, he was busted. And, uh, but then they're still willing to give him another chance. Cause you know, Charlie is trying to say, you know, this is the right thing to do and everything like that. And, and, you know, he was apologizing, but it's like, you know, is he sincere? It seemed like he was, but was he really? So that, that's what, what kind of makes things interesting. So he's, he's at the hotel, even though they're a little leery, uh, Vag, she's, she points out, she's like, he was just trying to destroy the city, you know, this, the other day or whatever. But Charlie is like, well, you know, she says she hasn't seen any sign of that behavior anymore. Then he comes in with this big kind of like cannon looking thing. And he says it's his new invention, the Skin Flayer 11,000. And he's really looking forward to, you know, shooting the, the, the cannon at the other residents. And Charlie's like, what? She's like, why? You know, he says that everyone is being too nice. So obviously it must be a lie because he can sense that they're planning to kill him. But, you know, when, how, you know, he has to be prepared. So then he gets this uh, delivery of like new parts from Carmine and Vaggie's like, as in Carmela Carmine. And so this is someone who I guess designs weapons and stuff like that. And so he's, he's, she's like, you're buying parts from an overlord. And of course she's uh, he's like, she's a, the top weapons dealer in hell. So, you know, why wouldn't he? Vag is like, well, that stops right now. And she starts wheeling to create a way because he's like, you absolutely cannot build weapons in this hotel. No one is trying to kill you. People are being nice because they want you to feel welcome. And he looks around. And <laughs> so we have Husk, who's kind of like the bartender guy. He, he, for some reason, reminds me like like a, a rough, drunk, like cat in a hat. He's not the cat, but I just, I don't know, something, I just think of that. And he like flips him off. And we have Angel. Angel Dust is like the, the, the porn actor, demon dude. He like flips him off and then, then Nifty, the little exterminator maid girl, just gives him like this vicious toothy grin. So Pentia says that, you know, he has his doubts and Vaggie says, well, you know, it's, it's true that, you know, so he has to trust him. Then Pentia says, well, you know, he doesn't. So Charlie suggested they focus on that for today's activities. So Vaggie wants to lay down some ground rules first, you know, no more building weapons, no more plotting against other guests. And he has to get rid of his little egg minion thing. You know, he's like, you have to get rid of those. So he's got these little egg creatures <laughs> and he's, he calls them his little egg boys. He's like, he hugs them. He's like, no, not my egg boys, whatever. 
and he says that they do his evil bidding for him and Vag is like well if you want to stay and redeem yourself you know he's like yeah i do and she's like well then no more eggs he's like all right so he tells them they have to go and they're like okay boss and they start leaving like like you know no fuss or whatever and he's like no don't resist he's like this is how it has to be but they obviously don't care and then uh pentheus is just like sobbing so al we see alistair he's sitting at a table kind of like in the woods and he's eating like a dead deer you know it's just this dead deer carcass sitting there he's eating with like a fork and knife but then somehow like the woods are like in the like the living room drawing room whatever you want to call it Vaggie comes in and she's like kind of yells at him whatever and he asks she's like oh do you mind he's like i'm in the middle of breakfast and then she tells him that pentheus uh his eggs are all over the place and she needs him to get rid of them he says he'd be delighted to and then she adds humanely you know get rid of him humanely and he says well you know that's a lot less hot so he's like i suppose i can take them on my outing today so Charlie's talking to everyone in the hotel, mentions uh, the tension lately, feels that this group could really benefit from trust exercises. So there's uh, obvious grumbling because people are like, oh, geez. Then Charlie suggests that Vaggie lead this uh, because, you know, she trusts everyone. So, you know, Vaggie could probably demonstrate better how to build it, you know, properly because, you know, Charlie trusts everyone. So she kind of stammers and she's like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm qualified. And, you know, she starts, and she starts going off. She sounds like a drill sergeant. Like, okay, come on, we're going to do it. And, and she says that, you know, one person, each one of them is going to say something vulnerable about themselves and they're going to fall backwards. You know, do a, a trust fall while, you know, the rest of the group catches them. So she's like, who wants to go first? Charlie raises her hand. She's like, I do, I do, you know. And she's like, I love you guys. Like, really, really love you. And then she falls back and Vaggie has to run up because like ever no one moves. So Vaggie runs up and catches her. And she's like, that felt good. So she suggests, she's like, Angel, why don't you go next? So and Vaggie tells the others, she's like, okay, this time, you know, you have to catch him unless, you know, they want her to hurt them. And she's got like her, her like spear things, you know, she's like kind of threatening with it. So Angel thinks he's like, what what he he could share. He's like, I love to suck and husk he's like i swear if you say it's mm -mm. and angel's like popsicles yes sicko he's like get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> and he he falls and he lands in husk's arms and he adds another comment he's like and also the thing that husk mentioned so husk just drops him on the floor so the angel's like oh new guys up and you know so Penty's like i i he goes up there he's like i don't want to live without my minions and he's like nobody catch me but he falls, he lands in Vaggie's arm. And she's like, wow, you are slimy. She's like, okay, good job, Nifty. So Nifty runs up and she's like, sometimes I kill mother bugs in front of her children as a warning to the others. And she falls, no one catches her. And she, she's like, yay, pain. She runs back up, plops down again, runs back up, plops down again. So she's getting off on the pain somehow. Um, Nifty is a weird character. She's like just, she's almost like a cute little girl, but she's got like one eye. She's it's weird, you know. She's a demon, and it's yeah. So it's such it's kind of just bizarre. Charlie tells uh, Vaggie that you know she doesn't know if this is working the way they hoped. So she's uh, about to make another suggestion, but then Vaggie tells she's like, no, she's like, you have to trust me. She's like, I got this. And Angel comes up and says he's like, I have just the thing for some trust building. So Vaggie's like, what do you have in mind? But then it cuts to Alistar walking with the minions down the street, and they're asking him lots of questions. And then someone named Zestiel kind of slithers up in front of him, and they, they kind of 
greet each other. He asks um, if Alistair fared thee well. And other people in the street, when they, they kind of freak out and they run when they see him. So it's like, who is this dude? They're just like walking, talking. Then they get into this elevator and Alistair like tells the egg boys to uh, stay there and guard the front. But one of them, one of the eggs, Frank, is still in, in the lift. And, you know, because they're like, where's Frank? He goes up there and they, they, they see him and they're like, wait, we have names? So when they get out of the elevator, Frank, that little egg minion, tries following along. There's like some other demons walking out. So I think these are like the demon overlords. Because, you know, Alistair, there's something about Alistair. You know, he's very powerful. We don't really, I don't, I don't get, like, what exactly he is compared to the others. They sit at this big table, and they're welcomed by Carmilla. So Carmilla was that weapons person that they mentioned before. And she's like, welcome, hell sovereign overlords. I've invited you all here because you represent the controlling powers of our city. Together, you own millions of souls, souls at risk with the new extermination schedule. We need to discuss what can be done to minimize the impact to our interests. This year's extermination was brutal, far more even than years past. We've assessed about 16% of the population was lost. With the angelic legions now returning twice as quickly, I think it's prudent we... And then Velvet, Vox, whatever, she barges in. She's talking on the phone. Or Is her last name Vox? The V's? She's talking to Vox. I think Vox's brother. Not all Vox. So she's talking on the phone. She like insults Carmilla and everything. And, so, and she just like interrupts. And she tosses that the dead angel's head that they mentioned last week. The angels found a decapitated angel. So uh, Velvet says that, you know, she found it. And then she's like, if these holy rollers can be killed, the game has changed. It's like, we can take the fight to them. The boys and I, her brothers, have come up with a full assault plan. So then Zestiel takes a long, loud slurp of his tea. He's like, if it be true, thee and thy colleagues desire to war with such a meager proof, thou art far more foolish than I be thought. <laughs> she's like, meager proof? It's like, it's a dead fudging exorcist. And he's like, we do not know how this perished. Mayhap t'was not by a demon's hand at all. If we rush into a war without knowing, mightn't they purge all of hell for daring and uprising the others kind of mutter in agreement then velvet she's like oh i get it you know she's like if grandpa's too much of a wuss to fight that settles it right and she you know she calls him a fossil she's like something else and carmilla gets into velvet's face and starts seeing that yeah you know, she better show some respect and you know, blah 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 stuff like that velvet raps and replies so it turns into like a raps you know part song whatever then carmilla finally you know she says the meeting's over so they walk out, and Alistair uh, sees the egg creature, Frank, and he, he says he has a job for them, for him to, to follow Carmilla and Zestiel, because they're, like, walking off. So with the, the trust stuff, they go to, like, some club, and Angel says, no activity requires more trust than BDSM, and, you know, because Vaggie, she's like, what do we do? This is ridiculous. So she still insists she can handle this. They just need to... Or she just needs to teach them the way she was taught. So she takes them to this kind of like war zone area. And then she starts like throwing them like over off this like building into the skirmish. You know, she throws Pentius and she throws Angel over. And Nifty is eager to get thrown. But then um, Vaggie starts feeling bad. And she's like, what's the point of, of, of everything if I can't even help? Because, you know, this isn't really the way to work. So she tells Charlie she just wants to be alone, whatever, like that for a minute. And then Charlie sadly leaves. Angel walks up the stairs carrying Pentheus, and Charlie's like, 
you know, why don't we all just, you know, go back home? And they're like, but well, we just came up the stairs and everything. So they, they leave. Um, Carmilla and Zestiel are talking and he says that, you know, losing her composure was unlike thee. So then he's like, the fallen angel, twas by thy hand, or, or something, twas killed by thy hand, was it not? And she's like, let's not talk about it. She's like, I did what I had to. And I'm not discussing this. So Zestiel starts singing. So we get another song. Starts singing for her to like share the load of what's going on in her on her mind. You know, she says she had to act. I, I basically I think is she was trying to protect her two kids because you know she's got two kids. I thought they were just like her assistants that were with her, but I guess they're her, her kids. And and it also cuts to Vaggie singing along. You know, about doing whatever it takes. She's like, I'll make mistakes. I'll spend my time being your partner. You know, she's kind of singing to to Charlie. What even though Charlie's not there. Carmilla's also singing that she'll do anything to save them. She's like, I'll be your keeper, I'll be your armor, whatever it takes. I'll make the mistakes, blah, 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 all that, you know, whatever it takes. So then uh, Frank the Egg finally comes out, and Alistar asks him what he heard, and he mentions, you know, Carmilla killed the angel and all that stuff. So he's like, oh, this is very interesting, and, you know, do not tell anyone else about this. So Vaggie returns to the hotel. Vaggie apologizes for her outburst. Charlie apologizes for putting the pressure on her. She's like, you know, we're a team. You know, we should, we'll figure this out together. And then she says, you know, look at what your, you know, your exercise did for them. Because they're like all in that, the drawing room or whatever. They're like laughing and everything. And they're, they're talking about, you know, the fighting. Husk tells Pentheus, he's like, oh, you, well, you sure, you know, take a beating like a champ. He's like, you did all right, kid. And Pentheus thanks Angel for pulling him out of there. Then Alistair and the eggs walk in. And Vaggie comments like, oh, you still haven't gotten rid of them. And he says, like, in an evil way that they turn out to be rather useful. So Vaggie says, well, why not just give him back to Pentheus? And Pentheus is like, really? And she's like, yeah, after today, I guess, you know, I can trust you with them. But seriously, no more weapons. So then in bed, you know, there's a little circular area with a bunch of pillows. Pentheus asks his eggs, how was your day? You know, he's laying down. Then Frank says, it was awesome. He talks about the different demons. You know, there's a knife lady, a dinosaur. <laughs> and then he's like, and the nice lady killed an angel. And, you know, he, he wasn't supposed to talk about it. And Penty's like, oh, I'm sure, and maybe you'll meet Martians tomorrow. He's like, but now it's time for sleep. And he just goes, goes to sleep. <laughs> so he heard about it, but he just was like, whatever. Yeah, he just dismissed it. So that was the end of the third episode. Um, the fourth episode is called Masquerade. Um, maybe we'll talk about that next week. We'll see. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting show, and, you know, like I said... If there was other stuff on this week, I don't know if I would be watching it. I probably wouldn't be necessarily talking about it on the podcast. Will I continue? It's going to depend. I mean, maybe next week because there's not a whole lot more. I mean, we got, I think, Star Wars starting up. So we'll see. But I, I do do like it. And I, I, am, I would like to finish watching all the episodes at some point. But, like, if other stuff started up, I'd probably, you know, put it lower on the list of priorities. All right, then with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I'm I'm enjoying the show more, I think, with each each episode. Because when it first came out, I was like, mm-hmm, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, the, at the beginning, I wasn't overly impressed because they the, the characters weren't very likable. You know, we're, we're seeing them taking on this job. And it's a, an interesting choice. You know, you're supposed to give up your life. You know, you're doing this. And I don't know... It's like, did they know they were supposed to be married? I think they, they must have known. But it just it seems like just odd. But because the they kind of got together right away, not right away, but like in the second episode after 
the little mishap they had, it almost kind of makes them a little more human and makes them a little more likable. So that's kind of interesting. So with the third episode, First Vacation, they, you know, John reads, hi, hi, you know, welcome to the Italian Dolomites. Like check into um, this one hotel, room 602, observe and report on your neighbors, Gavel and Parker Martin. And so, you know, he drills like a hole in the wall, puts like a little camera so they can see into the room. And the message continues, you know, because it's kind of like flipping back and forth. And it's like, you know, bug both their phones. Record an important call at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Do not fail. Thanks. And then Jane says that, you know, they have like some champagne, you know, bottle of champagne. There, there's a note and there's like, please enjoy. Make sure to finish the mission this time. And she's like, hi, hi, so passive aggressive now. And he's like, I know. It's like, I didn't know Hi Hi was a woman. And then she's like, wait, what? He's like, I'm joking. And she's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, I thought it was funny. He's like, you know, I'm punishing myself appropriately. And then they start kissing. So they're watching, listening to the couple. So Gavel and Parker, they're arguing about the meal that they ate, you know, ordering cheese, not wanting to eat cheese or whatever, something. Then they're talking about like sleeping in different beds. Gavel says that uh, Parker, that his snoring has gotten so bad. And Jane mentions that, you know, they've never slept in the same bed. And John's like, well, you know, we've never shared a bedroom. So he's like, you know, think we'll be okay. And, you know, then John says that the couple's clearly going to bed. So maybe they could, you know, go out or go downstairs, get a drink. And she says that the note from Hi Hi kind of made her anxious. And, you know, she doesn't want to fail this. So he, he wants to check out the ambiance, says that, you know, they can watch him from anywhere. But then Parker says to Gavel that he wants to have a, a naked moment. I think that's what he said. And he says that, you know, he thinks they should try to, the two of them sleeping in the same bed together. She mentions the snoring again, and he says that it's gotten better. And she's like, well, how would you know? So John wonders, like, why she's being so mean to him, you know, because he just wants affection from his wife. Jane says, but, you know, she's Gavel Martin. You know, her net worth is like the GDP of Australia. Then she's like, why do you think that, you know, we need to bug both their phones? You know, why not just hers? And John says, you know, he did some research on the guy. He was a, a surfer. And that was it. He's like professional surfer. Gavel says that, you know, tomorrow can be her husband's all, you know, she can be her husband's all day, but she just needs some sleep first. So it's like, it's like weird. It's like, what's going on? I'm, I was like thinking, is like, is she having an affair? Is she want to sneak out? Like what, what is, what's going on? So while they're sleeping, <laughs> This was just like, wait, is it that really? I had to like rewind. It's like that really happened. Someone farts, and and so it was like, was it John? Because like Jane wakes up, she's like, what was that? And John's like, check outside. So they both get up, you know, cock their guns, whatever. She opens like the the door to the patio. It's like, wait, did she just wave the fart out? And she's like, clear. And he comes back because he he got out. He's like, he's like, I thought I heard something, and then um. They get back in bed, you know, he's laying down and, you know, he has like his back to her and she kind of like fans the blanket out too after like he rolls over. So the next day, Jane wakes up, John's gone. He said he went to the gym before everyone woke up or something like that. She's like, you know, meet him for breakfast. Uh, Gavel can be heard asking Parker if he packed EpiPens, you know, because there's a kid in the room with him. So we didn't see that. And he's like, I think I did whatever. She's like, how can you not know? They're arguing. So then the couple is downstairs at breakfast. It doesn't look like, you know, they're, they're on speaking terms. Uh, the, the kid's just like on his phone with like headphones on. Jane and John talk about, you know, bugging them in, in, if, if they split up or something like that. 
then John's like, well, how could we, would we find each other? And she's like, well, we could just share our locations, you know, on our phones. He's like, yeah. She's like, are you sure you want to do that? And she's like, yeah, we don't. And he's like, what? He's like, well, it's kind of a big step. It's like, you know, knowing each other's passcodes to their phones or something. And she's like, it's for work. It'd just be, it's like, we don't have to. He's like, no, 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 let's do it. So they set their locations, which is weird because do they ever go off separately? It's like, they don't have lives. You know, this is what, what they're just in this. So then his phone buzzes and she's like, who is that? And he's like, uh, that was, um, just some spam. It keeps happening. And he changes. So it's like, maybe he's the one stepping out or something. He changes the subject saying that this mission is weird. It's like, you know, they're private investigators for failing marriage. She thinks that the child makes it, you know, so much worse. And then he kind of comments on her like chewing and talking and she's like, well, I don't know how else to do it, you know, because she's trying to answer him. And he's like, well, you know, chew in between or or chew quietly. And he like models. And she's like, no one does that. He's like, I do. She's like, you do you want to know how you eat? This is how you eat. And she starts like banging and clicking like this fork on a, on a plate and on a, on a glass and stuff like that. Just making like all this this noise. So he like, smiles. He's like, OK. And and she's like, it's, it's like a drum solo. Then he's like, sounds like stomp. And she's like, yeah so it, it feels like you know just the way they, they kind of bicker at each other in a light way and it almost feels like it's ad-libbed which maybe it is i don't know john starts um talking to this couple at the next table because he picked up this lady's scarf he's like oh, whatever he's like oh it's a nice scarf whatever and they, it turns out you know they've been together for like almost 50 years and stuff like that then uh gavel and parker and the kid you know they get up so jane kind of you know makes a point that you know they need to get going apologizes they have to go nice meeting you etc all this stuff like that then she tells John, she's like, I hate vacation friends. He's like, you know, the, the whole point of going on vacation is to leave your friends behind. It's like, you don't invite new ones in, in your life. They get on a ski lift and, you know, as they're on there, John's like, is there another way down other than skiing? Because he's like, uh, I do not do, I don't do that. She's like, you don't know how to ski? He's like, mm-mm. He's like, nope. And she's like, you bought all the ski gear? He's like, yeah, because I look fly. And she kind of chuckles. She's like, please be joking. He's like, I would never joke about fashion. Then his phone buzzes again. And she like looks a little upset. And she's like, who is that? So he answers. He's like, he kind of turns away a little. And they're on a ski lift. You know, they're together. He kind of turns a little bit. He's like, hello? He's like, are you okay? He's like, you called me three times in a row. I thought something was wrong. He's like, yeah, well, I can't right now. And he's like, did you try turning it off and then turning it on? And he's like, go to settings. You know, it's going to ask for a password. He's like, I got to go. He's like, I love you. Bye. And there's silence. And then finally, she's like, how often do you contact her? Because obviously it's his mom. And he's like, mm, a few times a day. And she's like, are you fudging serious? And, and then she's like, no, don't smile. That's, that is so dangerous. You know, it's like, what does she know about us? And he's like, I, it's like, she doesn't. You know, and she's like, what does she know about us? And he's like, she doesn't know anything compromising. And he's like, does she call you by your new name? And he doesn't say anything. He's like, no. He's like, no. But she doesn't, you know, she thinks I travel a lot for work. You know, she knows I'm married. That's it. And she's like, there's a reason we don't keep, you know, contacts, John. It's dangerous. Not just for us. It's dangerous for your mom. It's, it's so selfish for you. And he's like, look, I can't abandon my mom, okay? I'm all she's she's got. My dad died. I'm the only man in her life. I take care of her. She's like, I have to talk to her mom. You know, it wasn't an option. And she's like, I would never compromise us in this or, or this in that way. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, 
I didn't talk to you about it, but I didn't know how to talk to you about it, okay? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sure you talked to your dad at least a little. And she's like, I don't. He's like, not at all. When when you took this job, you just disappeared on him? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, don't judge me right now for that. He's like, I'm not trying to judge you. And she's like, you don't know anything about my dad. And then she's like, what if he molested me? And he's, he's just, she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. And she's like, I, she's like, he didn't molest me. Okay, I'm just saying that, you know, this is like, he's like, wait, what? And she's like, the whole point is that you don't know anything. So don't, he's like, that was your first example of why you wouldn't talk to him. And she's like, don't, don't, don't divert the fudging point. So they reach the top and Jane's, you know, starts skiing and tells John that they're going to lose him. And he's just kind of standing there. So he you know, puts on his goggle and then he falls. <laughs> so he, he skis and we see, you know, cuts a little bit. He's skiing a little bit. He falls. And later he's like walking, carrying his skis. He's grumbling about, you know, making a sport where you go down a beautiful mountain. And Jane's like, are you okay? He's like, no, I'm not doing that again. And then we hear Parker asking Gavel, it's like, why do we come to a ski resort, you know, if you don't want to ski? And she says that she's not feeling well. So they're, they're like walking through the ski village, you know, by the shops and stuff with, with their, their kid. John and Jane are following. And Jane says that, you know, they only have a couple of hours to bug their phones. John wonders, like, who is she even calling? You know, who do billionaires talk to? And, you know, you know maybe she's calling, she's like, maybe she's calling your mom. And he's like, nice, nice, Jane. Then they run into that older couple from breakfast. So they, they're like, oh, you know, we were thinking there's this top of place, you know, we, you know, we could go to get together like that. So they're, they're trying to um, keep going to follow the others. And the lady talks about her room and, and stuff like that, you know, like the, the way, the layout and all stuff. Then Jane starts mumbling, she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. She's like, STF you bitch. <laughs> she's like, I have a gun and I will shoot you. She's like, just stay quiet. <laughs> and she pulls John away and he's like, wow. And she's like, we just lost our, our target. And he's like, and our vacation friends. He's like, I have a gun? <laughs> you can't believe that she said that. Back at the restaurant, they see the couple and the kid ordering dinner. John's like, for two people who hate each other, they're pretty inseparable. Gavel's like on her phone. Husband says that she said last night she wasn't going to work all day. And she's like, no, I didn't. I said I wasn't going to work the whole day. It's like, I have to work some of the day. And John's like, mm, that's not what she said. And Gavel says that, um, you know, he's deliberately misunderstanding her so he can be upset with her. And he says that, you know, he wishes he had a recording so he could play it back to her so she can see how wrong she is. John's like, uh, you know, we have a recording. He's like, uh, should we give it to them? Jane's just, just like staring at him. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And, you know, you know, they were having fun. And she's like, nothing. Then she's like, why did you go to the gym to call your mom? Like, wh why hide that from me? And he's like, you're being weird, you know, you're being distanced and you're, you're pulling away from me and, and it's fine. I think that you just think that this is getting too intense for you. And, and he's like, you know, this is crazy coming from a woman who wanted us to have separate rooms for most of our relationship. And she's like, is that what you want? Is that what you're attracted to? You know, cold, cool, distant Jane. And then she puts on her sunglasses and John says that he can be cool too. It's like, how about they just don't talk? And he puts on, his, he puts his, his, like his, his ski cap, like tilted off to the side. <laughs> and then Parker asks Gavel if you know, she doesn't want to be in her marriage anymore because her kid has headphones on. So, you know, he's like on his phone, so he doesn't hear this. But Gavel's like, why would you say that to me right now? He's like, because I'm, I'm not sure I do. And she's like, well, that's clear. He's like, it's clear that we need to have a serious talk later. But it's like, dude, 
you're the one, you know, he's trying to get with you, trying to spend time with you, and she doesn't want, you know, doesn't want to sleep in the same bed with him, doesn't want to spend any time with him, she's working all the time. So she's like, like, she's the victim, whatever. So he, and he's like, yeah, you know, we need, we're going to have to have a talk. And she's like, I'm going to my meeting. And John says, you know, they're finally splitting up. So he's going to follow her. And he's like, have fun being cool. He gets up. So they head to like some mountain trams or whatever. And, you know, so John's following her. This guy tells John that it's for ski resort members only, whatever. He speaks to him in Swahili and just like walks past. And then um, he turns off the share location on his phone. So he's just like, I guess, mad at Jane. He ends up in a sauna and he goes into like steam room that she's in and she's like on her phone, whatever, you know, he like looks over at her. Then she's like, don't judge me. She's like, I know it's supposed to be a place to relax. It's like, I think it's broken anyways, you know, moisture. And he, and he glances over at her phone lying next to her because you know, he's supposed to bug the phone. But if her phone's broken, he can't bug it. Jane is sitting at a bar. Uh, so it turns out Parker and Kid are there. She kind of like smiles at him and, you know, says, she's like, I think we're, we're neighbors. And he's like, ah, the honeymooners. I don't know what, what that means, if, why he, he would know that. Maybe he heard something, I don't know. They talk about, like, the kid on his, te- his phone or whatever. You know, he, she says that you know, he looks content. You know, kids should be content. But Parker's like, you know, well, content doesn't, you know, equal happy. So, you know, he spends, like, all his time playing this, this game or something like that. Gavel and John, after the sauna, are at this little bar. And, you know, she gets a drink. And the house, you know, the waiter comes up to her and a dude asks John what he wants. He's like, can I get a bowl of uncooked rice and whatever she's having? He's like, very well, sir. So she stares at him and she's like, where are you from? He's like, Uganda. And she's like, BS. It's like, I lived in Uganda for a year and a half. I heard you tell a lift operator, white man's going to eat you just to get on the gondola. And he's like, I don't like people telling me where I can and can't go. The waiter returns with a bowl of rice and she asks if he's hungry, but he slides it over. And he's like, for your phone. And she's like, oh. She hands him her phone, and then she thanks him. So smart on him, I guess, if it works. Jane tells Parker that she saw them on the slopes. And she's like, are you going out again? He's like, oh, probably not. My wife's not feeling well. And she's like, that's too bad. He's like, she'll live. And he's like, uh, yeah, how about you? And, and he's like, I've been better. Gavel asks John, you know, why he's flirting with her. John's like, well, if you have to ask, and I'm not doing a good job, am I? She kind of chuckles. And she's like, you know, this would actually be a really good time for an affair. Uh, beautiful place, interesting man, privacy. But I think I'm getting divorced. He's like, you can't work it out? She's like, are you trying to sleep with me or fix my marriage? And he like shrugs. She thinks cheating is the biggest lie that you can have in a marriage. She's like, I don't think I could lie that big. You know, she's like, I lie about little things. And he's like, what kind of little things? And she's like, you know, telling my husband of a meeting when I don't want to, when I don't have a meeting, you know, it hurts his feelings, you know, less if it's about work. She's like, sometimes I just need to get away from him. He's like, well, I understand that. Parker, you know, says he's talking about when they first met, you know, he was this professional surfer. You know, he'd come out out of the waves after doing this, you know, big whatever ride and she'd be beaming, you know, she just so impressed, whatever. And, you know, they're so into each other and, you know, he, he kept wanting to get that feeling back, you know, just them like being together all the time, but he doesn't think that they can. Uh, but now he's like more concerned about his kid because, you know, he feels like he's lonely because all he does is play that video game. He's like, how can he not be? And she's like, give me your phone. He's like, what? 
She's like, give me your phone. I'm going to help you connect with a, what's his name? He's like, Graham. And she's like, Graham. She calls the kid. He's like, what game are you playing? He's like, Skate City. And she starts to type something, you know, what, as she's doing it, she places like a, a card thing on the back of his phone is, I guess, to transfer the bug, right? And she's like, all right, it's downloading. And she's like, he loves Skate City. Now you love Skate City. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll take that. Gavel says her husband wanted to come, to, you know, spend some time together, but she's like, I see the way he looks at me now, and and she starts kind of choking up. She apologizes. Her then her phone buzzes, and he's like, actually, you know, she's like, let me take this phone, you know, make sure it's it's a. Uh, he places like the bug card thing on the back of her phone so he can bug it. Then he's like, I, I think it's working. She calls him a miracle worker. She gets up and kind of stumbles a bit, and he's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I just felt un unwell." She's like, "It must be to add altitude," and then she leaves. So Jane calls John's phone and, and gets his voicemail. You know, she says it's bugged, um, and you see on his phone, it's four. She's like, "It's four fifty-eight. Where are you?" John turns on the bug and sees Jane. You know, on, on his phone, he sees that Jane's calling. He's like, "No," so he just like ignores the call. Then he can hear gavel so somehow the phone's bugged like literally bugged so she's not even on her phone but he can hear her i guess so, so he hears gavel ask this dude she's like do you know where the ladies room is and he's like oh yeah i'm headed that way then she's like wait wait why are we going outside he's like where are they and she's like no she's like get your hands off me and the man's like shut up jane calls his voicemail again you know it's, it goes straight to voicemail john can hear gavel like calling for help asking him he's like man you know what does he want and then so he gets up, he goes looking. He goes outside the back. He sees a couple of dudes like pulling her into like this vehicle. Jane calls him back. He answers the time. And she's like, hey, did you uh, bug Gavel's phone? And she's like, where the fudge are you? And quietly he's like, they're kidnapping Gavel. And she's like, what? He's like, they're kidnapping Gavel right now. She's like, where are you? She's like, I can't see your location. He's like, I turned it off. And she's like, you are so immature. He's like, we can talk about this later. And then they hear like the phone ringing. So he asks if it's hers and she's like, it's Parker's. So then he's like, this is a call. She's like, I'm recording. So Parker answers and he's like, oh, what is it, Gavel? And this man's like, Parker Barton. He's like, we have your wife. If you hang up or make any sign of getting help, we will kill her. And then he can hear like Gavel like screaming in the background. And he's like, how much? The man's like, I need you to relinquish all your shares. As soon as we hang up, you have one hour. He's like, that, that's impossible. He's like, the board would never allow me. Then make them allow it. 51% as soon as we get off the call. He's like, L listen to me. He's like, this is terrorism by default. They will not comply. And then the man's like, I will kill your wife. It's a simple yes or no. So he's like, yes or no. Parker says nothing. He's like outside. He looks and he can see his son on his phone. Aside, and he's like, no, no, no deal. And then he's like, say goodbye. And he's like, to your husband. And she's like, did he say no? And then Parker just like hangs up. He leans over, he like throws up a little bit. Jane's like, that was horrible. But they completed the mission. So they should head back now. John is like, he's still looking at the kidnappers. And she's like, John? He's like, hey, I get it too, but this is not our job. And he pulls out his gun. He's like, we work for, he's like, we can help. She's like, she's a mother, okay? We can't just leave her there. And she's like, that's not our fudging job. She's like, don't do something stupid right now. It's like, you need to come back. He's like, give me 15 minutes. If I don't hit you back, come find me. And he hangs up and she's like, oh, you're so annoying. 
So John goes up behind like the one dude. He, he like shoots him in the back or something like that. And then um, he makes eye contact with Gavel and he like gestures because she's like in the vehicle. So he tells her like, you know, shh. And then John shoots the driver in like the head. Then he shoots a third guy and then maybe like a fourth. Opens the door, tells Gavel to run. There's more gunfire. Two more are shooting at him or something like that. Jane texts, she's like, this is so stupid. She's like, you better be shot or dead if you're ignoring me like this. And then she types, like, sorry, you know, I said that. I hope you're not shot or dead. So then we see John is, like, pinned behind this, like, big electrical box. He accursed himself for wearing red because of fudging fashion. He looks at his phone. There's a string of texts from Jane. Um, you know, putting himself in danger was reckless. He's like, you know, what about his mom? And she thought that she depended on him. You know, it's, it's irresponsible, immature. You know, he had a chance to show that they can communicate effectively, but she guesses that he blew it. You know, big mistake, thumbs down. <laughs> and then she starts saying, sorry, um, you know, please text back. And then she shares, like, he shares his location with her. So she runs, she hops on a snowmobile, and she just like, steals it. She hit, starts heading towards him. Uh, the two shooters approach John. Then one starts fighting with a knife. So I was a little confused. It's like, wait, what happened to the other ones? Did he shoot him? Because I, I didn't really see that. But then later we see like a body sitting there. So he must have got shot. I don't know. Jane arrives. There's like three bodies down. She runs to him. He's like bruised. He's like shaking. And then they, they go back to the room. So I don't know how long he was sitting there. Because, you know, he's like just like like almost like frostbite or something like that. On the screen, you know, Graham calls to his dad that mom is back. And she's like you said no and she starts kind of like hitting him cursing him whatever he says that he didn't well he did but you know they talked about this they said that this if they were ever in a situation and she cuts him off saying she's like i know what we said but you, your first instinct was just to kill me he's like it was and now i'm so fudging glad you're not dead so jane makes a bath for john and she says that it's cold water it's going to hurt his fingers but it'll make make them feel better and he whispers he's like I, I can't feel my penis. And she's like, what? He's like, I can't feel my penis. So she reaches down and her thing, and she's like, you're not going to lose it. And, and then she's like, can you, you know, whatever. And then it turns out he, he's like, well, maybe you can, you know, put something, you do something more. And then she, like, gets mad at him, whatever, like that. So she says that, she, she's like, you're going to get a lot of texts from me. She's like, I was mad. She's like, we're a team. But, you know, we, we need to listen to each other. You know, we, we can't go off rogue. It's like, what if we got another fail? So then I think this is the point where, you know, he said something else. She hits him, whatever, like that. So then she kind of turns away and he's like, you really care about me? And she's like, yeah, I really care about you. And he's like, I care about you too. And she's like, no, but I, I like really, really care about you. Then we see Gavel. She's like, so you had to agree to my death to realize you still love me. He's like, well... That makes it sound weird, but yeah. And then they hug. So then on a train, in like, you know, sleeping compartment, whatever, John's reading the text. You better be shot or dead. He's like, dang, you're just, you know, threatening everyone's lives. And she's like, just delete them. He's like, me, an old lady. She's like, the mission's done. Just get rid of them. And he comments, he's like, this is nice. You know, sharing a bed at the end of the day. And he's like, do you want to do this when we get back? You know, share a room? And she's like, really? He's like, you want to do that? So they both agree. She gets in bed, turns off the light. Then she gets up. She's like, I'm just going to go for a walk, you know, get some snacks. I'm kind of hungry. And he's like, you know, you can just let it out right here. I mean, just fart. And there's like a stifled chuckle. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, 
I think you have to fart. And she's like, I don't have to fart. He's like, I know you farted the other night. She's like, what? He's like, I went along with it because I didn't want you to, to feel. She's like, you seem like you were embarrassed. He's like, I don't care. She's like, I didn't fart that night. He's like, you didn't fart. And she's like, you're just being weird. I'm, he's like, it's fine. Just fart. Everyone farts. I don't care. She's like, I don't, I know, I know, I don't care. I didn't. She lies back down. She's like, I'll just stay here. She's like, I don't need to eat. He's like, just let it out. And he's like, are you farting right now? She's like, no. He's like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. And she's like, stop. It's not that bad. He's like, I I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So I, I think that kind of helps. You know, again, the these little like whatever comedic moments and stuff like that. I think it, it helps make the characters more likable. So I, I, th I think it's a, it's a good idea. Episode four, double date. So to get a message from Hi Hi, enjoy your day off. So they go through for a stroll through the, the park. There's like a farmer's market thing, whatever. He starts talking about like uh, the peppers from the garden. And she's like, stop. She's like, I'm never going to eat from that garden ever because they put the dead body in the compost, whatever. And you know, he says that I've already been sneaking it into your food. She's, and she's like, disgusting. He's like, you've eaten a toe by now for sure. Then he hears uh, someone talking to this other stall. There's this woman named Rooney, R-U-N-I. And um, he like, she's kind of, he calls to her and she's kind of like shocked to see him. They hug and, you know, what's going on? I don't know how long has it been. He introduces James, like, this is my wife. And Rooney has a kid named Benjamin. He's six. And then they say, um, you know, Jane just got a promotion. They moved to the city. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I, I do software design, you know, interface. And then John asks Rooney if she still does food styling. And she's like, she's art directing now. And then she says she has to get going. So Jane says, you know, after she leaves, Jane says, she's like, I'm really impressed by you. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, that you weren't bothered by Rooney only having one hand. And he's like, she doesn't have one hand. And Jane's like, wait, did she have two when you dated then? And he's like, thinking about it. And she's like, wait, did you guys have sex? He's like, yeah. I, I mean, that's like all we did. And Jane's like, so you didn't notice like during like one hand, two hands on you? Like, and he's like, she has two hands. And she's like, you don't know? So a little while later, you know, he's waiting for a drink at a stall. Then he sees uh, Jane talking to her neighbor with the dog. He's like, the, who she said was a good looking guy, whatever. Dude calls out a drink for a drink for John Smith. And he's like, that's not my drink. And the guy's like a jerk about it. He's like, uh, you know, he's like, this is for John Smith. And he's like, no, 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 whatever. Then this other dude comes out. He's like, I'm, I'm John. So then John's like, man, that guy sucks. And then the other, the John number two, he's like, wait, did you, do you order like an OJ? He's like, I saw this other guy walk up and claim it. And then, you know, he's like, he looked way too pleased with himself. So he takes out his credit card and he calls all the, the guy over. And John's like, no, no, no. He's like, you don't have to do that. But John too, he insists. But then John stares at his card. It's like a, a black card with his name on it. So I was like, wait, is that the same as his? Because, you know, he's, his name is John Smith too. So he's kind of like caught off guard. Then later they're like chatting and John's like, wow, six or seven years. He's like, is it still fun? So it turns out the dude is in the same program. Cause, and, and right away I'm like, is he really? Cause you know, John said he ordered OJ and the guy's like, did you order an OJ? So is he, did he just overhear that or did he really see someone else come? So the dude says, you know, there's, there's some bumps in the road was, you know, it's a fantastic life. Jane walks up and says, hi, 
the other John says, this must be your Jane. He's like, you got lucky. She's cute. So the dude, he introduced himself as John. And John's like, his last name is Smith. He's one of us. And she kind of laughs and then asks if um, he's met other Smiths before. And he said that he's met a few in his days, you know, out in a while. But this is the first time it happened by accident. His phone buzzes and he's like, oh, duty calls. So John tells Jane it's crazy. You know, they have so much intel. He he thinks that you know, he's, he's talking. So John, too, is talking on his phone. So John's, our John, tells Jane that, you know, he thinks it's like a 9-11 intelligence group. You know, they've been doing it for like 15 years. John, too, returns from his call. He's like, okay, this is what we should do dinner he's like you can meet my jane we'll talk shop have a couple drinks kick back and they're like yeah let's do it then he's like how about tonight and they're like what he's like he's like do you he's like do you have other plans so he asks for john's phone puts in his number he's like which is again like did he really do that or did he do something else so he says he's like text me your address and we'll be there at seven he's like i'll bring a bottle of something old and dangerous when he leaves, uh, Jane's like, you know, we should make another round and get some more more things. But again, it's like, can they trust him or not? So then we see them back at the place. They're getting dressed and, you know, getting things ready. John asks if she's nervous. And she's like, well, yeah, a little. You know, he says that, that the cool thing is that they're Smiths, so they can talk about anything. He tells her, he's like, oh, you know, you look cute, whatever. Then she's like, wait, we're matching because they're both wearing like black turtlenecks. And, you know, because she's like, has like a other little skirt on or something like that. And she's like, I, I should change. He's like, no, 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 you're not going to change. The other Smiths arrive, you know, they, they, they walk in and they're like, God, what a dump. So their bottle is, is apparently from the boss. So they figured it was appropriate. There was a card and John reads it. It's one word, enjoy. He's like, no cryptic messenger or anything. John too is like, what, you guys get messages? And John's like, oh yeah, I mean... We had one fail and now everything's a message. I mean, you know, it was a technicality. You know, there, there was something we weren't supposed to do and it just ended up happening. It wasn't our fault. And and then he's like, yeah, that's never happened to us. So Jane gives the other Jane a tour because she's like, she actually asked for a tour. And it, again, this is, it seems so suspicious. Oh, and uh, so Jane is played by was Parker Posey, who's... Of just recently, Doctor Smith in Netflix. Just, you know, she was a Smith then, and you know she was evil then. So it's like, hmm. So she says that she's like, oh, you know, they're they're like upstairs. So Jane too says that the, you know yoga studio is nice, but this bedroom is amazing. And she's like, ours opens to a garden, but it's like on the bottom level. You know, it's much smaller, but it's nice. And then she's like, oh, is this a panic room? Like kind of across the hall. Jane says or Jane too says it's like a weird spot for, and Jane one's like, yeah, you know, I think it should be in a basement or, or, you know, and then in the office, then whatever, um, Jane two comments like how cute it is that they have laptops facing each other. And Jane one, our Jane says that, you know, they do all their debriefs together. Jane two says that she does them all. Cause she's like, you know, have you seen my John? It's like, he's so amazing at so many things, but writing isn't one of them. You know, he misses a lot of details. She says that, you know, she wouldn't uh, trade him. You know, she's happy that she was paired with him. And Jane asks if she ever wonders who they are, like the company. And Jane, too, is like, I used to a lot, especially in the beginning. She's like, but I can give you a little bit of advice about that. She's like, don't get in the way of your own happiness. She's like, the company's here to take care of you. And he's like, all you have to do is ask. And then um, John, too, calls down. He's like, honey, it's like time to eat. 
they're telling stories over dinner. The other Johns are, are very affectionate. They, they um, say, you know, or at one point they're, they're talking about music and they talk about Eminem. And so John, I think it was John too, said something about one time. Who, I, forget who, I think he was saying that at one point, you know, he's like, all right, everybody on the count of three say F you mom or something like that. And like, no one did it. And, and of course, you know, John, you know, he, he wouldn't you know, think to do that. So they, they just go on about this whole thing about against Eminem. You know, so, you know, we see how affectionate they are and they say, you know, it takes a, a bit to, to gel, but you know, things get better. So, uh, R. Smith's asks how long have they been, you know, together, and the, Jane too says, you know, like five or six years. Uh, Jane's like, wait, so you guys weren't, you didn't start together, and John too's like, I got rematched a few years in, you know, I had to find a new Jane. Then um, he asks, you know, how are they finding their directors from from Soup? And John's like, Soup, and Jane too's like, supervisor, and John's like, oh, we call him Hi Hi. You know, because that, that's the first thing that they said in the email. So they, you know, they say it, it's it's tough. John says, you know, sometimes trying to understand the parameters. Jane too said, like, wait, what level are you to? And you're like, we're high risk. How about you? And Jane too kind of, she like points up. So John too says, super high risk. And then he's like, but, you know, who knows? Maybe someday I'll trade it up and go low risk. You know, put on a uniform, deliver some packages. Jane too says that if they they'd go, you know, low risk for the benefits or like that. And John's like, maybe Jane says that she's like, no, she, that she'd get bored. Jane too says that, you know, super high risk is hardly any different except, you know, the money and the perks are way better. So Jane thinks that they could do it. You know, she'd try it. John's like, yeah, it'd be fun to try someday. Then Jane too's like, ask how the intimacy is between them. And John's like, it's great. And Jane mentions that, you know, they had rules at the beginning, you know, to not sleep with each other. The other Smiths are like, wow. And Jane, too, says that she knows she's meddling, but, you know, it's fascinating. Jane says that, you know, they didn't want things to get messy because, you know, they're business partners. Then they even made a pact that, you know, they'll make a certain amount of money and they'll go to separate ways. John, too, starts laughing. Then John, too, is like, like, you could just break up and quit. Then his Jane's like, could you imagine if the company was that open-minded? And she's like, do you think the company hadn't matched you that you'd be compatible? John's like, John one says, I think that Jane's so smart. I've never met anyone like her. And she's like, yeah, I, I really, really respect him. I think he has a good heart. So later they move to the living room. Jane too is like arm wrestling John and she beats him and she's like, Oh no, whatever, you know, and there's more drinking, more random talking Then John's like, you know, what's the craziest mission they've been on. Jane too says, she the thing about it. She's like Bali and John too agrees. And Jane's like, what was it? So John too says that, they had to get someone out of prison, you know, high security, no comms, no weapons, no cover, you know, nothing. Just, you know, very, very, very specific parameters. And he's like, you know, what, what do you guys do? There's a pause. And John too's like, here's something I wish someone had told me early on. There's a secret to getting out of any situation you find yourself in, no matter how tight it is. He's like, it's your breath. If you can control your breath, you can control anything. That's the key. And John's like, breathing. And Jane too is like, also, it's good to have a plan, but be prepared to abandon it, right? You know, be a master of thinking on your feet. Be smart. Trust your instincts. Go with your gut. And Jane's like, 
do you guys ever feel weird emotionally after a mission? And they like nod. And Jane Two's like, we had to kill some other Smiths once. And John's like, wow. He's like, how come? And John Two's like, maybe they're getting divorced. You know, forced chuckle from Jane. Jane Two looks at the time and she's like, oh, you know, it's late. You know, we're on the clock. You know, and so they're surprised. That it's like, wait, you're on a mission? So like, you guys drank a lot. And John Two's like, oh, it's more fun that way. And John's like, you guys are wild. John Two's like, actually, you know what? You two should come. And Jane's like, is that allowed? And John Two's like, who gives a fudge? Jane Two's like, you know, what what a you know way to, to give a super high risk? A sh- you know, it's a way to give a super high risk a shot. And and John Two's like, we'll split the fee and everything. You know, if you like it, you request a bump. If you don't, you don't. And Jane's like, I want to do it. And John's like, you want to do it? She's like, yeah. He's like, okay, let's do it. They go upstairs to change. They talk about, you know, the food. And she's like, was well, the cheese plate too much? I feel like, and he's like, no, no, no. They liked it. He's like, well, I, I, I don't know. He starts talking about the apricot chicken he made. He's like, no one likes sweet chicken. She's like, oh, no, they ate all of it, whatever. In the car, Jane, too, gives um, the Smiths a, a patch to put under her clothes. She says somewhere discreet, like lower back usually works. Because they're, they're trackers, so they, they can have a lock in each other's position. John's like, what's the assignment? And Jane 2 says, you know, something really easy. Something to dip their feet in the water. And John 2 says, it's a delivery, but a super high-risk delivery. So they each get like a big bag. And John, kind he kind of looks in there. He's like, what, what's in them? And uh, Jane 2's like, uh, GPS. And John 2 is like, and guns. Jane 2's like, iPhones. And John too is like, and guns. So Jane's like, are we going far? And Jane too is like, I don't know. She's like, well, ask Gary. They get onto this helicopter, and Jane too asks Gary how long. So he says about as, as you know as long as the last time, ma'am. Jane too tells him, uh, you know, no more than a few hours. You know, dawn by the latest. You know, make sure you you know lay the bags where you land. And John's like, you are you guys not coming with us? They both like, no, no. He's like, you know, and John's like, you guys enjoy, you know, have fun. It'll be easy. You know, they, they close the helicopter. They're like protesting, but, you know, the doors are closed. The helicopter takes off. So they're flying. You can see it's like morning. Gary radios them that, you know, jungle's a hot zone. So he's going to drop them off and circle back. You know, feels tight. So he'll return, uh, you know, he'll be back for extraction in 30 minutes sharp. They're walking through the jungle with the bags. And John, like, looks on his phone. He's... He's like, it's supposed to be here. And then some guys like come out and they're like speaking Spanish. They ask like where the others are. And John's like, uh, John E. Jane. The guy calls off. He's like, hey, son. You know, it's, it's them. Then um, they take him to this shack and they like take off John's shirt. I don't know if they're stripping him down or whatever. And inside, you know, John starts moving against them. And then you hear like slicing and groaning and stuff like whatever. It's like dark. Then they're like running through the jungle. Then we see them back on a helicopter. John, because at one point he, there's like he's like wailing like with something. Um, so John's like caked with blood in his face. I, I don't think it's theirs necessarily. Jane's like kind of bloody too. Phone starts ringing because they're supposed to leave their, their stuff on on the helicopter, or whatever. Nobody had his phone, right? Um, John looks. It's from. It says new friend in parentheses John. So he answers. It's facetiming him. So they're, they're both like, hey, and he, and uh, John, too, is like, not too bad, right? And John's like, um, you know, he's very, like, kind of, like, monotone. He's like, 
it was pretty bad pretty bad yeah their boss was not too happy to see us i think they were expecting to see you and john too's like fudge the captain and john's like the boss the guy who wasn't a child jane too's like they're not children they're 17 or 19 years old it's like and then she's like i'm gonna get some water do you want anything and john too's like man uh, how'd you get out alive it's uh, I, I mean i'm impressed so again, was this a setup? Like, what, what, what's going on? John's like, we had to use a machete. It was uh, pretty horrible. John too's like, well, John. He's like, they're young. Probably easier to fight off, right? And he's like, no, I'm the boss. We don't didn't chop up any kids. And then uh, John too's like, oh. And Jane comes back. He's like, they killed the captain with a machete. And she's like, poop. But that's not that it's it's all right for us right and john too's like yeah it's a it's it's all right jane too's like you know um we should just uh be doing our own thing from now on just the two of us and she's like hey listen you know nice you guys um you did most of the work you really should have all of the earnings you know it's only fair and john too's like yeah uh you know we'll transfer the money okay uh you guys look tired you know let's uh let's go rest and in a monotone john's like Thanks, guys, for really looking out for us. And John, too, is like, oh, he's like, hey, uh, John, guess what I read? He's like, what? He's like, Eminem opened a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti. It's a cool evolution, right? <laughs> Again, going back to the fact, because, you know, John's so into his mom, talk, you know, because they're saying with like Eminem is like, you know, just, you know, grow up and, you know, come, come to terms or whatever. You know, it's, it's the whole thing, anti-mom and all that. So... He's like, you know, cool evolution. And John's like, yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And he's like, um, okay, you know, much love. See you soon. Bye. He's like, all right, bye. And then uh, you hear like a cash register on Jane, holds her phone out to John. Payment of 375000 was was transferred. John like puts his head back. You know, he doesn't say anything. Jane's, you know, stares at her screen. He looks at John. Back at their place, you know, Jane's showering, you know, there's like blood, washing the blood off. And uh, John's like looking at Rooney's Instagram. And he's like wearing a robe, so he must have already showered. Then in the bedroom, he asks Jane how she's doing. And he says, because at one point he like called her a robot during dinner or something like that. And he's like, you're not a robot. He's like, I know that. And it's because, you know, I know that because you get jealous. And she's like, what? She's like, I don't get jealous. Then he's like, Rooney has two hands, always has, and she laughs. He's like, it was a good lie, and she's like, whatever, you fell for it, and you know he laughs. He's like, you said she had one hand. I mean, it was good. It was a good lie. It's like if he had told me like 15 minutes later, I would have been like, nah. But it was quick. He's like, good job, and she's like, and you fell for it, and you dated her, and you questioned it. He's like, I did. He's like, you got me. Then she's like, earlier you said you loved me, you know, right before the machete, and he's like, yeah, you did too. And she's like, yeah, but we were about to die. And so John's like, so you didn't mean it? And she's like, no, I do. He's like, you do what? She's like, she laughs. She's like, I do love you. He's like, that's cool. <laughs> he doesn't say it back. She's, they, they like laugh. And she's like, say it. He's like, I love you, Jane. And she's like, do you mean it? He's like, yeah. And she's like, I really didn't like those two. He's like, I hate those two people. And she's like, you do? He's like, I hate them so much. And she's like, so much. He's like, they suck. And he's like, they're not cool. That's what's so crazy. It's like a weird spell. She's like, I, I don't know what happened. 
you know, we, why were we so into him? He's like, I really don't know what that sneeze. Oh, because he did this thing. He was like, he sneezed. And Jane Two's like, he always sneezes in three. So he sneezes two to a second one. He sneezes third one. He's like, we clap for that. And she's like, we clapped. We were so into it. And John's like, is that their thing? Go to parties and sneeze? I, I think he faked the last one. And he makes fun of his accent. He's like, you, you just you just want to help him. you know? And he's like breathing. You know, he made it feel like magic, like like we've never done it before. And then he's like, fudge those guys. And she's like, I know. And then it's over. So uh, what would be interesting is, do, you know, do they show up again? Because like my big fear, so I guess they were legit. They set him up for a horrible mission, but they survived. You know, it was like, I don't know what was that all about. But I was like, just so hesitant. It's like, okay, can you trust these two? Are they, because why would there be, if, if you're using operatives and you're always going to call them John Smith, the most common name, it just seems so risky. And and then the fact that they invite him over. So it's like, now they know where you live. You don't know where they live. And it's like, why would they be like in the same area? It doesn't seem like it makes sense that, I mean, unless they were there for, but they weren't. I don't know. It was just just kind of weird, but I was uh, I was very very hesitant. But I guess they can be trusted. Okay, now the movie feature is Madam Web. So this is the movie that everyone is hating on right now. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is at thirteen percent, which is pretty bad. I think it was. It might have been. I think it was a 16% earlier. Now, so now it's at a 13%. The audience score in the beginning, like after the first day, I think it was only based off of 50 r reviews or something like that. It was like a 60, it might have been like a 60%, maybe 60 something, I forget. Uh, now it is 55%. So it's gone down a little bit. But still, when you look at that, you know, 13% compared to 55%, you know, it's, it's still bad, but not as bad. So. <sighs> I, um, it's, it's not a great movie, but I didn't mind it. You know, I didn't think it was a 13%. Uh, you know, if, if I were, if I were to give it a, a score, which again, I don't often do that. Um, I would probably say it's, it's like a, or maybe it's being generous. I don't know. I would probably say it's like a six out of 10. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, what you are crazy to me. I, I think it, uh, maybe I'm just a little more forgiving than some. There's a lot that that bothered me. You know, the the movie was cheesy. You know, there's a lot of cheesy moments. There's some cringe moments. You know, some of uh, some of the lines in delivery, which which I, I maybe I can get into. I don't know if I should do this first, but you know, there there are some things. Some of the acting was just bad, and it, some of it was like it wasn't like the main cast for the most part, but. There's like one point where you know, we see a flashback with Jessica, or Jessica, with Cassandra. Um, I was going to say Jessica Jones. With Cassandra's mom. She's talking to a doctor. And the, the, the way the doctor said this line or something like that, it's almost like she was just like reading a teleprompter off to the side. It was just so like mechanical. I don't know. And there's there another moment where someone said something. And it just, it didn't feel right. didn't feel natural. And I was just like, oh. And... You know, so it's just just really bad. And then the the villain, the dude, you know, Ezekiel. It just, I he just really bothered me. And you know, you need a protagonist. You need a you know, that's that's the whole point of the movie. So basically, the whole thing of Madam Web, you got this dude Ezekiel. He's connected to the 
spider thing. Well, I guess we should back. Let's just back up. So I, I start going into the movie and then talk about like Ezekiel and some of the other things. So it starts out in 1973. We see Cassandra's mom. You know, she's in the... The, the whatever rainforest and he's was hired to protect um constance web because she's like you know looking for this rare species of spiders i think they're in peru or something like that and ezekiel's supposed to be protecting her but he's like almost like like wait you, you know you didn't say anything he's he's it's like dude if you're paid to protect her it doesn't matter if they find a spider or not but he's like very invested in it. it's like what what's all that about and uh so cons i don't know if did i mentioned she was pregnant she's like she's like super pregnant with with uh cassandra it's like okay you're you're pregnant and you're going off in the jungle it's like i don't know if that's a good idea there's like all the stuff about this rumor of these spider people and stuff like that, and this you know spiders supposed to have these, these power that can do all, all this cure and change the world and everything like that. Uh, eventually, you know, it turns out she does find it because oh, uh, you know he later he goes like in in a tent. He's like ruffling rustling through all her like papers and notebooks and stuff like that, and you hear her, she comes and she's like, "I found it." Whatever she's got in this jar, he comes out and then. Shoots like two other dudes, like whatever, like guys or something like that. And he tells her to give her the spider they're fighting or whatever like that. And then she ends up getting shot. So he basically kills her. And then uh, then there's these like spider tribe people, you know, crawl down, fly down from the trees. They take her, they put her into this cave and this like, I don't know if it's like magic water or something like that. Give birth to Cassandra. And, you know, she, she doesn't even get to hold her or anything. She like reaches out and she dies. But she's like says something to protect her, uh, whatever. And the guy's like, "We'll always protect her. We'll always be there for her, whatever." And so basically, then Cassandra like went through the foster system and all, all this stuff like that. Somehow she was sent back to the states and everything. And then it cuts to twenty or two thousand three. So this whole movie is set in the past, set like you know twenty years ago. And to me, that's an interesting, it's like, okay, what, why for that? I mean, there's, there's one connection, which I didn't even realize they were doing. We heard a rumor of it before, and I don't know if it was ever true and they changed things or someone just heard something, made it up or thought or heard wrong or whatever, but it takes place in 2000. So 2003, and it's weird. So it's like, if on the off chance the movie were to get a sequel, it's like, or whatever, or let's say it's it's a hit and you get the, you you introduce these other characters, you can't have them interacting with anyone else in the Marvel universe or anyone in the the, the Sony Spider Verse, whatever, because they're in the past. And when you see like all the stuff going on in the trailer, it's like, how could this stuff happen? Two thousand, it's like you know, Fantastic Four in the sixties. No one heard about this. No one's ever reported about this. You got the spider dude crawling around because that's the thing. Ezekiel's going around in like what looks like a dark Spider-Man costume, which is just kind of cheesy. I don't know why they decided to do that. It's just bad call. I don't like that. I'm getting angry now, <laughs> angrier than I was before. Now that I guess I'm actually sitting and thinking about it. So, 2003. But, you know, when if you look at the trailer, and even throughout the movies, you get, like, glimpses of the other characters. And now, this is one of the things I like. So, we have, um, Madam, we have Cassandra. Cassandra Webb, which I don't really care one way or the other from her. I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know what, what Madam Webb's origin is. Like, 
I don't know where her first appearance was. I don't think it was an Amazing Spider-Man. If it was, I read that issue because I remember there's one, but she may have appeared somewhere else. I'm not even going to look it up right now. No, okay, never mind. I, I, I lied. I did look it up. I just looked it up now. She first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 210 in 1980. So, okay, I mean, that was before I was reading comic books, but um, I'm pretty sure I, I might... I don't even know. I might own that. Maybe. I don't know if I own that one. I don't really care much for Madam Web. When they're like, we're going to make a Madam Web movie. I'm like, are you serious? You know, of all the Spider-related characters, you know, Spider-Man adjacent characters, why Madam Web? Why not do like Jessica Drew or, you know, someone you know cool? <laughs> I mean, Madam Web, no offense. Just an old blind woman, you know, in, a, in a, like a wheelchair and... Like a weird wheelchair because you know, just the, the weird spider webby backdrop. Thing. Uh, what is going on? Okay, so we have her fine, whatever. But then we have uh, Julia Carpenter, which she's not going. With, but so the other ones are like teenagers, and so even though Julia Carpenter shouldn't be the same age as as the other two, whatever movie, fine. So Julia, whatever her last name was in, in the movie, it's probably her maiden name, right? Because Julia Carpenter's married, she has a daughter, and all that. So Sydney uh, Sweeney, her, I think that's her name, Sweeney, Sweetie, Sweeney. She's uh, Julia. And I, I thought she was fine in the role. You know, I know a lot of people give her flack. For, can she act? Can she not? Whatever. And I, I thought she played the role kind of awkward and kind of like a borderline goody two-shoe, whatever. And, uh, you know, you hear more about her story, which is like, oh, that kind of makes her interesting. Then uh, we have uh, Maddie Franklin. She, you know, she's skateboard girl, kind of you know, got a chip on her shoulder, kind of tough girl, and everything like that. But at one point, she mentions, uh, "Go," because she has a phone, and the others are like, "You have a phone?" They're surprised because you know, two thousand three, I guess. And and she says something about her, you know, because her, her parents are away or something like that. And she mentions her uncle running a paper, which is like, yes, that is true because Maddie Franklin is J. Jonah Jameson's niece. And that's how she was introduced. I, wasn't it, she? I don't know. If she, I think she was a John Byrne creation. I mean, that that volume. There was a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number one that launched at that point. And so, and and she was she was good. Uh, at first, she was very annoying, you know, because again, there's this. There's a point like the first time Jessica, Jessica, first time Cassandra, you know, because she drives an ambulance. And, you know, she's trying to drive through New York traffic. You know, she's got the sirens blaring. Everyone's getting in her way. She's honking and swerving and everything like that. But then she's got the sirens going on. And Maddie's riding on her skateboard. And Cassandra has a slam on her brakes. And then she's just like, dude, type of thing. And then Maddie just like flips her off. It's like, okay, you're skating in the street. There's an ambulance coming. It could be someone dying in the back or someone dying that they're trying to get to. They slam on their brakes so they don't hit you and you flip them off. Nice. Whatever. You know, punk kid attitude type of thing. She ends up getting a lot better in the movie where, you know, you do kind of should, if, if you're open-minded, would like her. You know, I know a lot of people probably hate all of them. And then you have Anya Corazon. And I, I think, you know, she, she was good too, like her, her story and everything, which, you know, and again, it makes you like feel sorry for her and everything like that. Cause you know, they all have something tragic, which is allows them to kind of be into this adventure story. 
you know, it makes it okay. Cause it's like, wait, well, how come the parents aren't concerned? There, there's a reason, you know, for that. So we, we have all that. So the, those characters, you know, I, I like all those, you know, for Maddie Franklin, she's, she's fine. You know, I'm not overly attached to the character, but I, you know, it was a John Byrne comic. And when she first came, it was like weird. It's like she was posing as Spider-Man and everything like that. And later, you know, she changes the, the, the costumes, get the legs, things and all that. Um, and, you know, I always liked Aranya, Anya, Anya. I, I thought she was an interesting character the way her connection, she wasn't directly related, associated with Spider-Man and all that. But I, and you know, and then recently she kind of came back, you know, we, we've seen some appearance. So, you know, that was cool. And, you know, I already mentioned, you know, Julie Carpenter, she's just cool. You know, Secret Wars, you know, anything Secret Wars, of course, I'm going to like it. And she had the original black and white costume that, you know, the Venom suit was kind of based on. So, you know, we get these cool characters and throughout the movie, we kind of get these flashes. So Ezekiel, somehow, I, I don't know, because he got the spider. So, you know, he got some abilities and he could like, he gets vision. He can see the future or whatever like that. So he has this vision, this nightmare, like every night getting killed by the three girls and they're like in costumes. So this is something in the future and he can't quite shake this. So he's, he's fine. He's just so annoyed and so finally he decides, so here's this like evil dude who without a hesitation kills two innocent jungle tracker dudes and then he and he kills a, a pregnant woman to get the spider. Horrible guy. He at one I'm just gonna spoil some things, you know, nothing like major. But at one point in the movie early on, he is at a bar, he picks up this woman turns out she works for this like high-tech security system something or whatever you know and after they sleep together he basically forces her he's like i need your pass key or whatever like that and she's like i can't whatever he injects like some toxin in her and he says that you know he has a cure but if she has to say something or whatever and he gets the pass key whatever and he just kills her anyways so again just like that he uses her kills her the stuff that he stole from her it's supposed to be some super duper high tech facial recognition stuff that no one has access to. He wants to use it. So he hires some woman, some computer hacker lady, whatever. I don't know if she was anyone from the comics or just made up. I don't even care. But he he described the three girls and they somehow someone sketched it. I don't know if he sketched it, someone sketched it. And he wants her to find them through all the people and you know with this new new fangled technology and it's like okay this is so lame so he's so paranoid or whatever because he's he's gonna get killed that he wants to kill these girls who are teenagers these innocent teenage girls he wants to kill them before they get a chance to grow up and then kill him for whatever reason they're probably gonna kill you because you're an evil dude or not necessarily kill you but let you die or whatever so throughout this, you know, we, we get these like glimpses, these future visions of the three and their spider costume, their spider personas. So here's the other spoiler. That does not happen in the movie. They do not have spider abilities. So that's just, it's like this major uber tease. That's not going to happen. Will we ever see it? 
I kind of doubt it. I don't know. I mean, with the way this movie has been received and with everyone hating on it, I feel like it's it's like the Captain Marvel, the Marvels syndrome where there's just so many dudes that are just so incredibly insecure, they're fragile egos that heaven forbid there's a movie about a strong female character that you feel like it's it's taking away your whatever, your your penis. It's like, no, that's not the case. It doesn't matter. It's it's just another story. Whether you, it's it, the lead is a woman or a male, it's just it's something to enjoy. But again, this is not a perfect movie. I'm, I'm I'm trying to defend the movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie. It's not a great movie. So, yeah. But then this Ezekiel character, he was just so incredibly lame. I just could not stand him. You know, stupid motive. But you need to have that motive to to be the driving force. So that's Cassandra. Eventually, you know, she starts getting visions because you know it starts happening, and she's not really sure what's going on and everything. So she ends up protecting girls. But now one of the things that I liked is she is like anti-kids. She wants nothing to do with kids and stuff like that. She doesn't want to protect them kids, but she kind of feels like she has to when she, it's going to happen right there. She sees that it's about to happen that, you know, this dude's going to come and, and kill them on the train. So she's got to step in. You know, she She's a paramedic. You know, she cares about lives because there's a scene earlier where this uh, she saves this woman and then, like, the kid tries giving her a drawing, and she's like, um, she's like, she's so awkward. And she's like, well, you should give it to, you know, her partner, Ben, and, and the paramedic, um, Adam Scott, which I didn't even realize he was in the movie. And, uh, but then he's like, no, you take it, whatever. So she takes, and then when they leave, he's like, she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, you, t- you take it with you and you throw it away later, you know, when no one sees. And, and she's like, I can't even fold it. It's like, it's not even, it's like cardboard or something. <laughs> so she's just, and then when she's with the kids, you know, she's just like very cold and you know, she's, you know, she has no tolerance for, you know, this stuff like that. But then, you know, we kind of see how they're kind of connected and everything like that. And I, 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 I kind of could appreciate that. It was, you know, it's it interesting to see this and, you know, she's trying to tell him, to, you know, not to get in trouble and the other way. And, and things just kind of escalate. It's it's a little ridiculous where you know they they end up thinking that Cassandra kidnapped the girls, and, and all this stuff. And then you know you got this spider dude, evil spider dude, and no one like sees him. And and that's basically all movies like them. Well, we need to get out of here. We need to run from them. But then what they don't even even realize that you know he's got the facial recognition thing running. So they need to avoid all that. And they manage to avoid that without even realizing it for the most part. But one of the things I do like where sometimes we see like the bad stuff happen, but then it turns out it's like, wait, that was just a vision. And then Cassandra has a chance to like fix that, to, to change things. So that's, I, I think that that's kind of neat. So even though when something's happening, you're like, okay, wait, this isn't real. And then, you know, she has to like correct it and all that. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Now, oh, the other thing, kind of spoiler, I don't know if this is a, a spoiler or not, but the whole thing with, with Adam Scott being here is, uh, let me just look up real, real quick. Um, because, you know, we had Adam Scott here. So yeah, Adam, Adam Scott, okay, he plays Ben Parker, and Emma Roberts is in the movie. She plays uh, Mary Parker, Ben's pregnant sister-in-law. So um, she's pregnant. She's pregnant with Peter. They never mentioned Peter by name, but 
I, I thought that was like an interesting connection. It wasn't like super forced or anything, but I, I thought it made sense. Now, what I was, what I mentioned earlier, there is this rumor, which I thought would have been kind of interesting, is that they were, their mission, they had to protect like an unborn Peter Parker who was threatened by the web of life or something like that because, you know, he was destined to be something important and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, that's a little, maybe, I don't know if that's any better than this, this plot or if that's just too cheesy or whatever, but I thought like, okay, that could be kind of interesting. You know, when you, you bring it into web of life, the spider totems and all that, and just making the importance there, but no, we don't get that. So that's basically the movie is it's Ezekiel is just such a lame character. And, uh, I, uh, you know, what I want to see more, maybe, you know, I, I would like to see you know, Julia Carpenter, you know, Julia, Maddie, Anya. I'd like to see them, you know, do more because we have no idea how are they going to get their abilities or whatever. But now here's the other thing. This movie takes place 2003. Marvel Universe is like 2023 or whatever. I don't even remember because they did the kind of time jump, but things have been kind of slow. So maybe it's a good that they did that. It's almost like they knew that there was going to be like COVID and a writer strike that was going to slow things down. But if they're teenagers here, you know, let's say they're 16, 17. So if we're talking 20 years, you know, they're, they're going to be like mid thirties, late thirties. Could they play mid thirties, late thirties? It's like, you always get the 20 something year olds playing teenagers. You know, you don't really get them playing 30 year olds. But maybe they could kind of do it and just like not really focus so much on that. So it's possible that like we could have a spider, you know, Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman, or you know, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're all are they all Spider Woman? I mean, Anya's uh, Aranya. So, but yeah, I mean, I would why why you're gonna do a you know the the movie? I don't even remember who Bad Bunny was supposed to be. That movie. It's like, what, what is going on in Sony's mind that they're doing? At least with, like, Craven the Hunter. People know who Craven the Hunter is. But you're doing a movie on Morbius. <laughs> and this movie's way better than Morbius. It's like, come on. Be realistic. I don't even know. I, I'm, what was the Morbius rotten score? Because, okay, so if this is at 13%. So here's going to be the, the, the test of how accurate this is. Because Morbius was god awful i mean there's no redeeming that morbius okay morbius was at 15 percent 15 percent and 71 percent audience compared to so more of the audience like morbius than madam web that's ridiculous <laughs> you're crazy but <laughs> madam web's 13 percent wait no 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 morbius is at 15 percent. that's higher Morbius, Morbius's uh, audience or Morbius's critic is fifteen percent. Madam Webb's is at thirteen percent. There is no way Morbius is a better movie. Morbius was garbage. I hated that movie. I would rather watch Let There Be Carnage again for a second time because I've only seen it once. I would rather watch Let There Be Carnage than watch Morbius. Oh my God. So that's um, Madam Web, and it's it's it, it's 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 sad.
because it's like, Sony, what are you doing? And I, I saw some dude on TikTok talking about the Sony movies. And he's like, I think Sony is trying to trick people into taking these movies, you know, by tricking them by saying, hey, do you want to be in this Marvel movie? Because it's not a Marvel movie. And I forgot, he gave one example, but then he also said, like, you know, Matt Smith in Morbius. Because, you know, so Matt Smith, you know, he's in Doctor Who, he calls up Karen Gillan, who's in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking, should I do this movie or whatever? And she's like, yeah, you know, I had a great time. You know, working for Marvel was awesome and also like that. So he does it, but he's not working for Marvel. He's working for Sony, and it was garbage. <laughs> so I don't know. But, yeah, it's just, it's it, it bums me out that this movie could have been so much better. I don't know if there's any way to redeem it because I just feel like is it just mainly dudes that are seeing these movies that are just so anti-women that they're going to just, you know, bag on this? And, you know, like I said, yeah, this is not a great movie, but I don't think it's 13%. And there's no way is it less, is it worse than Morbius? It's Morbin time? Come on, man. <sighs> I, I don't know. And I, I don't know if there's still Bad Bunny dropped out of that movie. So, you know, people are, I think that was maybe that was the other speculation where Bad Bunny thought he was going to be doing a Marvel movie. So he's doing it. And then he dropped out because he found out it wasn't maybe. But then I think they were going to cast someone else as that wrestling, whatever character. It's like, why would you do a movie off of some character that I can't even remember his name? Uh, so Madam Web. Like I said, I don't think it was horrible. I I think you have to have an open mind. It's not going to be the greatest movie ever, but I feel like there's some interesting things in it, and there's a lot of bad things in it. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me that I just enjoy seeing comic book related movies, and it's a disappointment. It could have been worse. Maybe I'm just being too generous, but I didn't think it was completely horrible. On that note, I, I do think it's kind of horrible that I don't have much more to talk about. And I think it's it's pretty horrible that I just feel so miserable. But with that, that's going to be the episode for this week. So big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional... 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And, you know, I just recently talked about Percy Jackson and the, the lightning thief movie. And, um, I'm currently, I, we're back on the comic track. We're doing, uh, what if from 1976? Yeah. So, uh, I, th I think we'll probably do that again th this week, but if you can't commit to a monthly commitment you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four that's ko-fi.com slash gman from heck okay so what is going to be the movie feature for next week i'm actually trying to figure it out right now so the only things opening up next week what appears to be or opening up this week is a uh, Ordinary Angels with Hilary Swank and um, 
I don't think I forget what this movie is even about. A hairdresser single-handedly rallies rallies an entire community to help a widowed father save the life of his critically ill young daughter. Okay, great, sweet. Mm, I don't know. That was something I want to see. Then there's drive-away dolls, which I know nothing about this. Uh, Jamie, an uninhibited, free-spirited, uh, bemoaning yet another breakup with a girlfriend and her demure friend Marion desperately needs to loosen up. Wait, what? Did I read that wrong? In search of a fresh start, the two embark on an impromptu road trip to Tallahassee, but things quickly go awry when they cross paths with a group of inept criminals along the way. Um, I mean, that's something I would watch at some point. I don't know if I would necessarily watch in the, the theaters. It's directed by Ethan Cohen of the Cohen Brothers, because I guess the Cohen Brothers broke up. <laughs> they got in a fight. I don't think they're directing together anymore. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see that, but I'm, and I don't even, I haven't even seen a trailer for it, but I don't think I'm going to watch either of those. So I think what the feature movie feature will be is Bob Marley, one love. Cause I am curious about seeing that. I don't know. Um, what is the rotten tomato score for that? Um, that is, ooh, that's great. Is that a 43%? Okay, so here's the thing. Again, this is so ridiculous. It's such a huge difference. 43% critics, 94% audience. 94% based off of 1,000 plus verified ratings. So why do critics, why do they not like movies? Did they not like their jobs? Are they just so angry? I just I don't understand. So I think next week is going to be Bob Marley because I am curious about seeing that. You know, I I do I I like Bob Marley. I, I'm not like number one fan or anything like that. I'm not obsessed. I I don't really know much about him. So I I think it could be interesting to watch that. It, hopefully it's it's accurate and all that. So I think that's going to be the movie feature. And then I believe also Star Wars: The Bad Batch starts this week. I think it's Wednesday. And I don't know how many episodes are going to drop of that. So um, probably more Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I don't know about Hasbin Hotel. Maybe we'll see. But um, that's it. I hope you are doing well. I hope I feel better. I hope you're feeling fine. I hope you're doing fun things. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you remember, be good to each other.